Degrassi Viewing Podcast. I'm your veteran, Donnie. I'm your neophyte, Frank. And today we're going to be taking a look at Season 3, Episodes 14 and 15, Accidents Will Happen. Now, to help us through this episode that baby Donnie could not actually see for like three fucking years after its air date, uh, we have our buddy Gwyn. Hey, hey. What's up? So, Gwendolyn, um, before we get too far into this and before we have you introduce our A, B, and C plot, um, we gotta stick big ol' content warning on this one. This is the fabled abortion episode, meaning that this episode does talk a lot about abortion, pregnancy, menstruation, all that type of stuff. Um, there also is a brief mention of Snake's Cancer. Um, as well as we are going to be talking about racism because Toby feels the need to, like, go full, like, faux shizzle. Not even ironically, this episode. So, there are some things to keep in mind with that, but now that we got that out of the way, Gwyn, would you like to introduce our plots this week? Sure. Well, excuse me. Wow. Um, well, a few of them have already been given away, so our A plot for these, these two episodes, um... Uh, what are they titled? Accidents Will Happen Parts 1 and 2. Yeah. Uh, a plot is obviously the abortion plot. Um, so I, 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 I came into this episode not knowing... <clears throat> I think the last episode I was on was where Craig and Manny got together that first time. This is now kind of the fallout of that. Apparently they were dating on the side. Craig, like, what? I, I am so disappointed. Um... Anyway, he he gets he he got her pregnant. Um, he, there was a miscommunication, and he she is now pregnant and having to deal with that. That is the a plot for both of these episodes. B plot for the first episode is uh, bluntly, Toby tries to be black. He wants to impress Jimmy. He wants to have this friend because JT is friends with Jimmy now, and he wants to have in on that. But he he's. He just he goes about this the entirely wrong way. And part B, B plot for episode two. So this is getting back to Liberty's uh, persistent crush on JT. Right? Yeah. That's a yeah. thing? Okay. It's always been. <clears throat> Pretty much always. And, well, JT has kind of had it up to here with that. And she is forced to move on to her next... I crush, I guess, uh, which is Sean. That's it. Thank you, Gwyn. Let's get into it. Yeah, so um, we're going to go B-plot from part one first, B-plot from part two second, and then we'll go to the A-plot. And as always, if you need any content warnings, um, keep in mind the ones that I introduced at the beginning of the episode, but also check out um, <coughs> check out the description for any of the minute marks on some of those content warnings. So, let's take a look at this Toby acting like a fool plot. Here, I'm making a quick sheet. This is where the racism's gonna hit pretty fucking hard. Yeah, it's just, this is another instance where I feel like sometimes a lot of, like, I feel like sometimes the racism we see in Degrassi is very, like, it's just kind of endemic of people writing and not really thinking about, like, the deeper implications of what they're doing slash probably very limited knowledge of, like, actually coming in contact with black people and thinking about it critically. 
at least that's what a lot of season one was, and and some of the more subtle moments of the writing where where things kind of go awry. But this one reminded me as a like a less like a it was kind of on par with uh, against all odds to me in the sense that it was like a very early aughts take on racist ideas. Um, yeah, I feel like. I feel like Toby, so, like, one of the main, like, when we first start the scene, Toby is complaining to JT that JT and Jimmy are going to a concert, and... It's also a trip, they're going to, like, Buffalo or something, I think. Yeah. Um, and JT, like, um, like, Toby is complaining... That, like, him and Jimmy used to be friends, and now they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, he's brothers with, like, Jimmy's ex. You know, uh, good old Ashley. Um, and... Like, I was kind of happy that, the, like, the episode... At first, I was like, oh, I'm super pumped this episode decided to, like... Have a throwback to that. And yeah. Like, we're going to check in on this relationship. This is awesome. Yeah. And then, like, Jimmy uh, Jimmy comes up to JT and Toby, and Toby's like, what up, dog? And I realize Toby has been watching TRL. Yeah, he's, right? <laughs> th- he's just spewing TRL lingo at this point. Like, uh, if there's any babies listening to this, that's Total Request Live. Yeah, like, it, it's a lot of that type of stuff. Like, he he talks, I mean, he does, like, the dog thing, which we've already seen kind of used in such a, like, half-assed attempt prior by the writers. But we also have this, like, use of that faux shizzle Snoop Dogg speech pattern that, like, white people were, like, really into parodorizing back in that time period. Um... And, you know, I, myself included, I was a kid using, like, what even, I can't remember what, like, the Google generator was for that. It was, like, Jizzle or something like that. I remember a lot of people being, myself included, being into it and, like, changing the, the patterns, which in hindsight is not great, but kind of speaks to the time capsule quality of this episode and how, like, that was what a lot of people were doing. Um... But yeah, so it does try to get to this main idea that Toby misses his relationship with Jimmy, but, you know, he's going about it in all the wrong ways, and going about it in ways that, uh, feel very, like, random, almost. Like, it kind of seemed like they were, it was another case of, like, oh, we want to kind of have somebody talk like this. Who can we have this talk like this? The most embarrassing Toby. Here you go. I mean, he's, he's, Toby, I feel like is getting isolated from JT, from what I've gotten. He's, he's getting further and further isolated from JT. And this is a desperation play by him to get in on that circle again. He wants to go to this trip. He wants to go see Bad Gun or whatever the group is. And by the way, this is, I guess, a rap group. Um, and Toby gets the name wrong every single time he tries to say it. Yeah. but Every iteration. What is the actual iteration? Mad Bullets? So it's like. DJ Mad Bullets, I think? Yeah, I don't even know if there's a DJ. It, kept, anyway, it's it's Mad Bullets, yeah. and, and Toby says, like, bad gun, bad bullets. 
It's fine. My little shit brain was like, anyway. kept saying Machine Gun Kelly in my head. Yeah. <laughs> Go see DJ Trigun. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> but, um. Oh, wait, that's an anime. <laughs> yeah. But, um. Where's my anime job girlfriend? Yeah. She's in this like, briefly. You said she that my, the... my mind immediately was like doing the theme song to it. <laughs> DJ. <laughs> DJ Cross Punisher. <laughs> but, um. DJ Gunho Guns. Oh man, that's a cool name for it. Yeah, DJ. that's actually good. So that's actually he, good. He thinks the best way to to get into his good graces is to assimilate himself with with what he thinks is the cool crowd and what is cool to to in, in Jimmy. I guess he thinks is talking exaggerated black. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's oh, it's embarrassing. Well, like it's the next scene. He he asked Jimmy for for tickets, and <laughs> I I didn't write it down, but like it was in this like he asked it in the way that sorry, Dahlia is very needy today and has been jumping from lap to lap like the monster she is. But um, and there's no space, so of course she digs her claws into my thigh. Yeah, naturally. When she's how, falling. It's how how it rolls. style. You know, it's just how it is. But um. I, I, I didn't write down exactly how he delivers it to Jimmy, because quite frankly, I did not want to hold anybody to saying it. But he does a lot of that very, like, mechanical, very... I mean, it, it is the critique that exists toward white people using AAVE, right? Just, like, this total ineffective use of it, failing to recognize that it is a language and just kind of inserting words where he thinks it would make the most sense, like some sort of weird Mad Lib. So he, like, is asking Jimmy about that. And, you know, Jimmy is just kind of like, no, like, you know, whatever. And then Toby's like, well... I mean, Jimmy's got this, like, are you kidding me look on his face the yeah. entire time. Yeah, Wh- which, which... But he's but he's not calling him out on it because we're in Degrassi High. Yeah, exactly. It's very, it's very... And it's 2004. Yeah, right. But, um, you know, Jimmy is worried that, about going to the show because his whole entire thing is that he's... His uh, grades are not quite at the level that he needs them to be for his dad to be okay with him going. And Toby's like, you know, I know you said that you don't really have, you're not going to give me a ticket, but, like, what if I told you, like, I could change your grade? And then you wouldn't have to worry about this. And Jimmy's like, well, if you could do that, like, I would give you a ticket. You would drive in the front seat. Like, I don't know who's driving then, because I don't know if, can This is not important. Anyway. Doesn't matter. Uh, I want to just get through this. Yeah, no, it's true. But (laughs) But um, there is one important detail, just because it's so heinous. Uh, I think I think JT eventually like makes fun of Toby for, um, you know, trying to to imitate AV, and he he calls him out on it. You're just upset that <clears throat> that that Jimmy um, is no longer close to you because because he broke up with Ashley. But in 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 the way he says it, he makes fun of the speech that that Toby's trying to to imitate, and he calls Ashley his step sizzle. Awful. And my mind just was on repeat step sizzle for just like that entire episode. That's <laughs> Step sizzle, step sizzle. That's very fair. Sounds... Manny's talking about abortion deep, like emotional stuff. And I'm just and like, Gwen's just like, muttering just like, just like, a, just like a, 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 a ticker on, on a, on a news channel. Just oh that yellow God. step sizzle. Awful. I mean, that sounds like it'd be a pretty cool dance, but not a good for anyone. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, the next time we see this plot, um, Quan is having the kids work on a project in the library. Um, 
JT is trying to be Toby's guard, basically, because Toby's going to try to access the grade database through um through a laptop that has a direct connection to like the broadband on the on the school's system. Yeah, they use an Ethernet cable. Y'all know yeah. what that is anymore? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um but which which by the way, I was like never mind. I'm not gonna get super teacher technical on this one. Well I just wanna before we move on, I just wanna throw in there, I kinda enjoyed seeing the duo back together. Yeah, yeah it was good. Specifically because they weren't making terrible comments about women or, like... They were just making yeah. terrible life choices. Yeah. No, which, which honestly, like, even, like, because um, we talked about... I remember when we were watching this and I mentioned it briefly, like, Toby has tried to forge before, but last time in the form of writing a letter. <laughs> and it was kind of funny in the sense that, like, he wrote the letter and it was, like, done horrendously. And, like, you know, there were just a lot of, like, language aspects to it that just made no goddamn sense for anyone, for, like, a teacher to write as a letter. Yeah. And that was kind of funny, too, because, once again, it kind of goes into that total territory of just kids not knowing how the hell the world works. Mm-hmm. And it it did make me kind of nostalgic for that type of stuff because um, I feel like that's when they actually work as whatever the writers wanted them to be. If that makes sense. Like, I feel like that's what they're supposed to be. At their core, this moment is what they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be... Yeah. A, I'm sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, they're supposed to be a high school team rocket. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, like, it's true, and I feel like... Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, this... I just want to say this, because they... Just briefly, pot. They, they try and enter the grade. They... Toby, the keys are sticky. He tries to enter an 88. He accidentally enters 8,888. <laughs> um, and then that's when... Uh, cute teacher name. Quan. Quan walks in and they're like, oh gosh, and, and then panics unplug and leaves the grade as 8888. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she she calls him out like, what are y'all doing? And there's like, nothing, we're just having a whale of a time. Yeah. Because they're the, the project is Moby Dick. Yeah, she's of actually course. not making them read a Shakespeare anything. It's very surprising for her. I... Anyway, I, I felt like that summed up, like, this is, this is, they're back at it. Yeah. Having a whale of a time. Yeah. It was, it was cute to watch that. Even though they're being... You know, themselves. I honestly was just like, movie dick in like what a ninth grade I class. Know. Like, you want to like suffer? Like that just sounds like a nightmare as a teacher. Um, confession: I once was as a teacher screwed up a kid's grade like that, which was really. <laughs> f- oh, I've done it too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I got I, in big I, trouble for doing res- like at the end of it doing TA work. Yeah. Called out because I my my average grade for for all the quizzes was like was like 101 because <laughs> one kid had 875 <laughs> i i gave it i gave a kid like a the kid was already doing really well and like like i, I venture to say had like a ninety-five thousand or something like that <laughs> and and she was like really she was one of those kids who definitely earned the a but like was so uncomfortable about it that she checked in with me like multiple days in a row because i just di- didn't get time to fix it and she was just like my grade is still like a nine thousand. Like, can you please? It's fix over it? nine thousand. <laughs> yeah, she was just like, please. This is not what I like. This is not accurate. And I, I was just like laughing, and I felt really bad about it because it clearly like made her distraught. But in my head, I was just like, dude, if I was the student getting this on my on my grade report, I would like lose my fucking noodle. But um, I did eventually change it, and she got an A, and that's what matters. Um, but, so, we have this whole entire thing not work out. Jimmy, in another scene, approaches Toby, and Toby confesses about the grade situation. 
And Jimmy goes into, like, season one low-key bully Jimmy form and kind of shoves Toby against a window, um, which we have seen this this version of him before, and I hate having to see it again. Um, and he's just like, you know, you have to fix it. So Toby then goes to a computer lab, logs onto a computer um, as Radich approaches. Um, Radich then... Like, you know, it's like, oh, Toby, I need you to do this totally mundane thing because I'm an old man who doesn't know computers. <laughs> um, real. Yeah, which, like, real. Um, and Toby is just like, ah, let's do it in your office, please, bah, bah. And then he's like, oh, okay, well, no, let's just do it right here, right by a computer. And when he goes to log on, he realizes he's been logged on, which, you're a dumbass. Why are you logging in on the principal's account? Like... <laughs> I feel like he could have figured out how to break... Like, at this point, he could have figured out how to be the subject teacher. Like, I mean... I mean, it doesn't matter either way. Yeah, You, no. you just need Miss Kwan's login, and which is most definitely Romeo plus Juliet, one, like, one dollar sign, dollar sign. Oh, rip. But, like, yeah, so... I, I actually did really like ra- the way the uh, actor portraying Radish, like, played this scene. Yes. <laughs> just like, like, oh, it'll only take a second, and I just need to lock in... I'm already logged in. <laughs> yeah, like, you could, good. you could see the gears turning and him being like, oh, no. Um, which was pretty fun. <laughs> it was it was one of those, like, oh, no, I got to be responsible for this water bottle kind of yeah. moments. He's like, man, I just wanted to figure out how to, like, get onto the internet. Now I got to do this shit. <laughs> Is that reference viable anymore? Or did I just latch on to it? The what? water bottle? Uh, that was a Kanye West tweet. Yes, like, I... <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Kanye West tweet. I guess my brain still goes there. It's okay. That's still a very good quote. I mean, quote. it's a legit thing. Yeah. Like, now I gotta be in charge of this water bottle. <laughs> okay, you know it too. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Okay, good. Like, sometimes, not... sometimes I just latch onto like random things and assume everybody knows. It's like that 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 random thing. Oh, like when you decided in the trans panel to go bounce, bounce. Am I right? Listen, that was a hit. <laughs> as a, as a trans. As a trans feminine person talking about boobies, I have every right to go bounce, bounce, am I right? You want the boobies, there you go, bounce, bounce, am I right? Yes. That, that landed excellently, excuse I'm me. Everybody laughed. I'm stunned that it did. But um, <laughs> I had full confidence. I, Sorry, I did not have it as your co, as one of your co-presenters. The thing is with Kanye West is like everybody <clears throat> want, like knew about him for a while, now everybody doesn't want to know about him. Yeah, but that's still a very good tweet. Though, oh my god, you want to talk about rips? Like, did you guys, did y'all see the Kanye West performance on SNL where he dressed as a Fiji bottle? No, I did not. It, okay, it, it's nonsense. But the oh, best yeah. thing is that the next week Aquafina came on and she was doing her monologue. She's like, yeah, I was going to dress as a giant Aquafina bottle, but eh, it's been done. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. I, confession, have only watched like one episode of SNL maybe ever, so I don't know anything about it. Yeah, same. But, um... Uh, I, I do want to show y'all the So You've Decided to Date a Magician sketch. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Um, meanwhile, at school, next, we, next time we see this there at school, Radich calls Jimmy in, um, and Jimmy and Toby um, are kind of both in the room as Radich talks to them. Um... And, you know, Jimmy cites that he did nothing wrong, he had nothing to do with this, but Radish and, uh, you know, Radish reiterates that this is, like, a huge fucking issue, which it is, um, and that it is something that the two of them need to be punished for. 
So he says that he's going to call their parents, which Jimmy is really infuriated about. And then to add insult to injury, uh, they are going to have to participate in a Saturday detention, which is the setup for next week's episode. Which is the Saturday they were going to see DJ Mad Mad Bullets, a head written Mad Bullets. Bullets. See, I couldn't even keep it straight. But yeah, I mean, not like his parents would have let him go anyway after this. No, yeah, but of course. Here's the, the the nail in the coffin. Yeah. The sad guitar riff. Jimmy Jimmy calls Toby a fake rap fan, fake computer hacker, one hundred percent fake. <laughs> fake. That was a sick burn. It was really good. Jimmy's like fake. that's like that's like what Jimmy is the best at. It's just like he delivers. I guess maybe it just speaks to Aubrey's delivery. Um, there's something about, like, he gets these zingers, and he just fucking nails them every time. So now we have, um, so now we have the one dude in the long coat, Anthony Michael Hall, and, uh, Emilio Estevez. Now we just need the, like, the popular girl and Ellie. (laughs) The popular girl and Ellie. (laughs) Well, because, like, Ellie is obviously going to be the Ellie Sheedy character. We all know that's going Duh. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm so delighted because you have not. We'll talk about this next week. I only watched The Breakfast Club yesterday in preparation for next for our next episode. <laughs> so I only knew the Degrassi episode, and that was my only frame of reference for this moment in culture. But we'll talk about that more next week. Um, but yeah, so Jimmy delivers that wonderful sick burn, and that's how this plot ends. But once again, it falls into this issue where, other than Toby being called a fake rap fan, he doesn't properly get called out for his you know his appropriation of aave or anything like that or any type of caricature of like black culture it's kind of frustrating i understand why they didn't go there i'm kind of expect them never to go there half the time i mean yeah degrassi is like this show is not about calling out like problems like that no and honestly i feel like it also is it's very telling in the a plot of this episode as well and the way that they kind of treat some folks in the episode who are um anti-choice and we'll talk more about that in a little bit um but yeah so this kind of ends it has a sick burn they're going to saturday detention but it's very (laughs) sorry quinn just like got up Marched over, sprayed Dahlia because she was trying to get some pastries on the table. Which she's not then... allowed on, and she knows that. <laughs> she knows that. Dahlia, like, steals the show. you can get show. away with stuff because we're in the middle of a podcast. Tricks on you because... I don't know. Because she couldn't get away with it. I was... Sorry, that didn't land. No, it didn't. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, well, it's okay. Dahlia, you don't make trouble while you have guests over. Oh, yeah, right? Like, she's such a terror. Um, she doesn't like podcasting because she can't talk. But, um, so yeah, that's how the plot ends. It, it it brings up that, like, Toby's being embarrassing, but it doesn't really get to why he's being embarrassed. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, Toby's just, like, this well, nerd, and he's trying he's, to be someone he's, he's not. He's being fake. Yeah, he's being fake. That's the fake. point of it, which is, which is always what gets him in trouble. Yeah. Whenever he tries to be something he's not, that's when he is embarrassing, that's when he is, is rude, that's when he 
scares things out. Yeah, but that's also, like, kind of the issue with Toby, right? Because it's yeah. such a middle-of-the-line take on it. It's like, if you don't act like yourself, people aren't gonna like you, which is a very good thing to tell kids. But also, every single time, it fails to go, don't be a fucking misogynist, because then you're a piece of shit. Don't be, yes. you know, like, you know yes. what I mean? Yes, yes. Yes, there, there can be both. There yeah. can be both discussions. Exactly. But, but yeah, so that's how that plot ends. Let's move on. Yeah, so... I just... Like, what I would have enjoyed even more so than, like, him getting called out, if somebody just, like, Jimmy just being like, I liked you before for who you were. Right? You are a tiny nerd, and I yeah. enjoyed that. But <laughs> like, that's a good point, too, because it's like, I actually quite enjoyed the friendship that they had with each other, and I really appreciated that Jimmy... You know, Jimmy was worried about losing Toby because of the relationship, and even though it was kind of scummy that Ashley had Toby as almost like a bartering chip at one point, it I did appreciate that it seemed like their feelings for each other as friends was very sincere. And I understand that, you know, breakups happen, you're going to fall out of touch with family members, even if they meant a lot to you. But it is kind of a... A shame that it doesn't quite get to Jimmy having that fondness at some point for Toby. We definitely cover in this episode that Toby misses Jimmy, but we don't really get that other component. And I think, Frank, if they did that, I think that would have been a what you suggested. That would have been a really good way of reiterating, like, don't, don't not be yourself. I feel like if this was made today, that would have been the lesson of this episode. Yeah, probably. And then somebody also would have called him out for this nonsense. Yeah, hopefully. But um, are we good to head to the next, the other B-plot? Yep. Totally. So this one opens up. It is um, social studies class. Liberty and Sean are in the class with other folks. And they are doing a very nebulous project where they basically, like, research and report back about years. What year? 1958. Sure. <laughs> like, okay. So very specific. Take a number out of a hat and tell me something about it. Yeah, right? Like, okay, buddy. Like, in modern education, you wouldn't be able to get away with a project like um, this. Elmer's glue was invented this year. <laughs> I sniff it during gym class. <laughs> yeah, like... Um... Let's... That's my history report. <laughs> let's talk food. You just put a big stick of butter on the board. I'm gonna put, like, gelatin molds. Like, Ugh. this is all I know. Um, but yeah, so... <laughs> 1958, the white man is riding high. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, um, so, so it's supposed to be a paired project. Of course, Liberty is not particularly enthused. Neither is Sean, for various reasons. Um, and then they end up, as fate would have it, paired up with each other. And they are both not happy campers about it. Um... And so the next scene we have, we have JT, he's like skateboarding, I think, or rollerblading, he's doing something. I do, wait, before that, I do yeah. like this, like, they get paired up together, and Sean, like, gives this exasperated signs, like, Liberty, like, brown noser, blah, 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 and, like, to give some sick burns to her. Yeah. And then she just goes, like, Sean, like, I don't know, I forget what her burns are, but she gives something back that's, like, equally as good. Yeah. And just as long, and it was... I liked it. It was good. It, it was, was good. very, like it was very teen, teen media. Yeah, you think the nerd's gonna just roll over and take it, but, but she can dish well, it. Well, no, Liberty has a backbone. We, we've seen that backbone I have not before. seen much of Liberty. Yeah, to be I honest, I don't think I've really been on any Liberty episodes except 
one little thing, I think, when, when JT and her were first, like, dealing with that weird startup there. Relation, whatever you call it. Yeah, I guess that's kind of true. But, yeah, no, a lot of her arcs <laughs> have kind of been about her learning how to speak up for herself and things like that. So it's kind of nice yeah. to see moments like this that kind of culminate that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. concept. But, um... The next scene we see JT is, like, skateboarding or rollerblading or something. He beefs it, and, like, Liberty approaches him. Um, and Liberty kind of does this very awkward, kind of embarrassing invitation to a Three Stooges festival. Well, first she gives a great dad joke, which is, like, oh, no, I can't remember it. I was like, When you're, like, <laughs> you're beefing it. I am beefing it. Well, it was, like, it was something to do with tripping. I can't. It was a dad joke, and I appreciated it, and he called it as it is. That's a dad joke, and she's like, well, that's all I got. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she invites him to a Three Stooges Fest, movie festival. And, yo, let me say, Liberty, that is a strong move, because, like, the fact that she was willing to go to a fucking Three Stooges Fest for this, like, dunce. Like, I don't, I don't know if she sees him. I don't care. But, like... Suffering for a Three Stooges fest. Right. I, well, maybe she likes it. Maybe they both like it. My personal opinion of Three Stooges is very low, so I'm just like, oh, man. She has My dad likes. loved Three Stooges, and I had to... No, it me. would not surprise you at all. But but I had to watch many... I had to, too. Many episodes, and I'm like, um, they're not using words. <laughs> Do they yeah. know how to speak? <laughs> My dad, I've watched a lot. My dad maybe. Doesn't it really hurt to get poked in the eyeball? Yeah, right. <laughs> Those are my thoughts. Those are valid thoughts. My my dad hated the Three Stooges, and for some reason he's just like, let's put on the um, Dirty Harry movies. I'm like, okay, I'm seven. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But um, but anyway, so she tries to invite him, and JT's just like, you know, I don't want to go out with you. Um, and Liberty is just like, oh, is it because of Manny connecting back to the A plot? And you know how how her you know her. Did he have a crush on her? Yes. Okay. It and like I, I assume she and it looked like it could have been potentially mutual, but then as she as in you got the look as she began to explore uh, aesthetic shift and more got more attention from other boys, she kind she ended up going out with Sully instead, basically. So, yeah, right. <laughs> The guy who tried to to buy the the iPod or whatever that 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 shop, spinner stole from Jimmy is that right? Yes, that's, yeah. that's yes, him? that guy. Wow, what a okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, we all know. right. The guy uh, Tracker buys his weed from. Yeah, you know yes. that guy. Yes, <laughs> the guy that looks like an online poker player. Yes, thank you for all these astounding <laughs> descriptions. I now I have thought... again a fully formed picture of who this person is. Right? Like, I don't care for Sully, but according to our like headcanon, he has multiple income streams, which for a 15-year-old, that's pretty good. That's true, that's for me sometimes. But, um, yeah, so Liberty's like, oh, is it because of Manny? And he just tries to, like, really, uh, like... Has to be really blunt with her. Yeah, and he, he like he, he said some really harsh thing, but I mean sometimes you gotta. He well, said this three-year crush is getting boring. But but also here, but like the thing that pisses me off is like that's also just dismissive of his some of his behavior. Like I feel like it's kind of because like there were times where it looked like they were going to or were on the verge of 
going out. Like, they went to a dance together and things like that. Yeah. Which... Sometimes as a teenager, when you're not sure what to do, when someone shows interest in you, you think you should do it. Yeah. And, like, I... I... It's kind of Even hard. Even if you don't want to. It's hard because I don't think they quite gave it that lens in those moments. Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't think see it, these episodes just. Yeah, it would have been a worthwhile type of plot point. And I think that is a feeling that would be really good to explore. And that might have been what they intended in this conversation. But I do wish that it was something that didn't come off as half formed in the conversation and was rather something that they tried to broadcast a little more because there was a while where it looked like things were kind of going okay and the feelings were pretty mutual but anyway he tries to harshly shut down the crush it's been three years like get over it basically um and so the next time we see this plot sean is at the library with liberty he comes in he has books and he's kind of really cute about it like he's like hey like did you know in this year like there were certain cars that were getting imported and stuff. Because, like, you know, that's his wheelhouse. It's, you know, cars. It's motorcycles. We've seen him do projects before, and he did them very well about, like, a type of motorcycle and things like that. Like, it, it's nice to see that he does have a knack for research, even if it is specific to his interests. And she, she's just kind of, like, not quite with it. She's watching JT in the distance. Um, she's not really interested in talking. And Sean is just like, yeah, you know, I get it. Amy, who was the girl that he was making out with, like, an episode or two ago, broke up with him. Um, and, you know, he's like, you know, you just gotta move on. As you should, too, with JT. That's yeah. what he says very point blank. Yeah. And honestly, this, I really liked this scene. because it, it was fe- good. It felt like season one, Sean was back. Yeah, yeah. This, this is the sensitive, the sensitive boy. Yeah. The sensitive greaser. Yeah. In fact, when he was a greaser, now he's just Slim Shawnee. He's Slim Shawnee. Slim Shawnee. There he is. But yeah, no, it was a very sweet moment. Um, Yeah, I agree. It made me very nostalgic for season one to a certain extent. Um, And so, unfortunately, things don't continue that harmoniously. Um, Because the next time we see everyone, it's um, Liberty approaching... Uh, and she is wearing a fake leather jacket, a, like, tool red scarf around her neck, um, and, like, a white shirt underneath, and she is just in full, I think JT straight up calls her, like, Rizzo from Greece. Yeah, she's gracing it up. Yeah. Though, to be fair, still looks really cute. Yes, no, she looks cute. Oh, she looks cute, but, like... In, in the same way that Toby tried to win over Jimmy with, as we talked about, she is trying to, to win over Sean, or at least make JT jealous by showing interest in somebody else by assimilating to what interests him. Exactly. what she thinks interests him. should be clear with that. And she brought a... a is this, this is the scene in the cafeteria? Um... Uh, it's it's outside first. Yeah, it's oh, outside. Yeah. Um, but so they show up to school. Yeah, she's like, look at G- my new look. JT's like, what is it, Halloween? Um, but Liberty makes like a really sh- kind of weird comment about how she's inspired by Sean, and Sean is just kind of trying to like process the whole entire thing. He's just very confused. <laughs> He's very confused, like really confused. <laughs> and and JT just lays it down down onto him. 
buddy, this is a rebound crush. Where he just responds with, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> he is very perturbed by this idea. Yeah, and JT is just like, look, if you if you don't want this to be on this ride, you need to be brutal, and you need to just... Subtle is not in her vocabulary. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, yeah, it's... It is a fair point. Like if you yeah. see if you see a crush happening, and you are not interested, kind of the least you can do is let the person know that this is not something that is viable. How you deliver it is very tricky, as we are finding out in this episode. <laughs> so moving on to the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. Liberty uh, Liberty comes up to Sean and and uh, his friends. Um, she's like a tray of food that Sean likes. Like she's like, she I does. got I you didn't stuff. Catch that. I got you stuff that you'd like to eat. Oh boy, there's just a banana. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. It's it's, uh, it's craft dinner. Like, <laughs> oh, don't be don't be sad. Anyway, he loves it. Okay, I mean, who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't care for it. Well, fair enough. We all have our opinions. Yes, it's I'm fine. Not... I mean, to be fair, like, I like the Velveeta stuff with the gross cheese bag. Yeah, that doesn't rub my engine quite as much, which is fair. Uh, Agree to disagree. Yeah. But, um, so she's like... I'll, I'll give Crab Dinner credit for having different flavors of, like, Crab Dinner. That's true. We should, get, we should I, I stock up on... Flavors. We should stock up on Crab Dinner in Canada. I'm, uh, be like, I'm going back to Canada, but that's in October, so... I'm going back to... Well, we're going... We're going to Toronto... <laughs> Baby, we're going to Degrassi country, like, in two weeks. See if you can find out where the fuck Degrassi is. Yes! <laughs> I will learn! I'm going to learn where Degrassi is. I'm going to learn where Degrassi is. I'm going to find the Degrassi head shop that uh, Finch mentioned. Just, um, keep asking people, like, so what town was Degrassi? What was the town called Degrassi? <laughs> Everyone's going to scream at me and be like, you are, why are you here? How did you coordinate yourself to get into this city in one piece? <laughs> and I'll be like, I was doing nothing. I was following everybody else. But, um, so Liberty has this tray of food. And also make a quick shout out to that town we made horrible fun of. Oh, yeah, right? We gotta find... Stoville. 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 Stoville residents, if you hear my voice, I am sorry. Yeah, right? God, we're so American. But, um, Liberty's like, yeah, like, here's a tray of food you like. Hey, let's go to the ravine. Hey, I know how to get a five-finger discount on a pack of cigs. Hey. Let's go to the ravine. Let's go to the ravine and throw stuff in it. Listen, I I grew up next to a ravine, and we, that's what we did. That's what I did too. That's what you do. You yeah. just you go to the ravine and you throw stuff in it. Well, the ravine is very different in Degrassi world, you two. I mean, you probably made out there too. That's probably the idea. Oh no, yes, that was the idea. But I was not that kind of teenager, yeah, so no. I just threw shit in it. There was no and tried to pretend like I I liked stepping into the icy cold water with with my bare feet because when the slimy rocks. Uh, the ravine. The ravine. Anyway, that's not that's not what she would be doing in the ravine. That is not the implication. Um. Anyway, so then then she's like, oh yeah, I'm edgy. Like straight up calls herself edgy. And Sean is just like, oh, I got it. I know how to shut this down. You're as edgy as a butter knife. So he's recalling, he's recalling JT's words that he cannot be subtle. So which here we go. Uh, honestly, I. 
took it this this took a different turn than I thought it was for this the show in this episode. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, he's like, he, you know, he's just like, you know, I'm not into you. Like, you're Zaji is a butter knife. Blah, 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 blah. And of course, she's very hurt by this. Um, and she leaves. And she leaves. And Jay makes a joke about like, well, you know, she's really good at. Go for. Chess. She says, "Go for it." He's really good at chess. And then Towers gets wordlessly offended. Yeah, I mean, Towers is not allowed to speak. Apparently. Yeah, he can't speak. I don't know. There's there's something in his in his in his in his claws. He just can't speak. No, no written dialogue for him. I don't know. It's, it's fucked up. It's, it's really fucked up. Like, it was fucked up the first episode he was introduced. And, like, now at this point, I'm supposed to laugh about it, and I'm real mad about it. It's... Like, it'd be funny if he was, like... It'd be interesting if he was just, like, taciturn, but, like, spoke occasionally and, like, very briefly. And I was like, okay, cool, it's a Hermione Granger, Victor Crumb kind of thing. But he just doesn't speak at all, which is so fucking weird. Well, yeah, because, like, the thing is, it's, like, it's not meant to be, like, oh, here's here's representation of a character who's who's mute or has selective mutism or some sort of, like, variation on no, that. he's just stoic. Yeah, that's what he's they're trying just to go for. stoic, dark-skinned boy. And that's never a good look. Yeah. Um, it's fine, but let him speak, too. Yeah. 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 Just, just let him speak. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, let's, anyway, let's, we're, let's, we're getting dragged down by this. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tower hits him. Tower just like, makes me sad. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. But he's standing up for liberty because th- that was kind of like, um, who says that? The go for it? Um, Jay does. Jay, of course he does. Of course it's he does. Like, he, the way he says it, it's like, you know, she's clearly into you. May as well go for it. And it's kind of like sexual implications. Oh, of course, because he's Jay and he's a fucking. And, and Tower is like. Man. Don't do that. Yeah. Non-verbally, clearly. So, that's, yeah. that's that, I guess. Yeah. The next time we see the episode, the uh, like, the kind of the closing scene of this, unless you had something else to say, Frank. No, I was going to say, like, if I was writing the show, this like, and I just picked up this episode, like, this is where Tower speaks, and it goes on a... Mr. Smith goes to Washington, diatribe to every Degrassi student about how all of them treat liberty like shit. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Please. And that is why I will take her to the movies. And then he passes out. <laughs> it's like, he went for 24 hours. I wish He filibustered. I wish that's what fucking happened. Instead, we get this final scene, and Liberty says, like, you know, she'll finish up the project. And she, like, fucking calls Sean James Dean. It's not James Dean anymore. He doesn't I know, wear the right? That was a that was a fantasy. Um, and you know, Sean's like, yeah, well, you know, I'm not into you, but I know someone who is, and if I don't say anything, he's gonna kick my ass. And then he point gestures toward the window, and standing in front of the window is uh, Towers, and Sean specifically says that he has a thing for smart girls. And yet again, Tower does not speak. But he is at least cute. He's, like he's smiling. Very he's he's smiling endearingly and coyly, um, kind of embarrassed at the yeah. window and and waving awkwardly at her. And it's good. But he still doesn't like. Actually, there's no conversation. Yeah. A theory. Mm-hmm. Jay, could Towers be his Silent Bob? Probably. 
Because like we, I mean, they're I I know I know I don't know much. Simpsons. No, Jane Silent Bob is its own entity. Okay. Is there a reference in The Simpsons? I'm Kevin Smith. Probably, but it's Kevin Smith. Okay. I'm like we. I know Silent Bob and Jamie are going to be on the show. I know nothing else. I know that because like I'm just kind of wondering if that's what they were going for. Now, I mean, I'm also assuming they were being just, like, racist, but, like... I mean, yes, but, like, if you ask the writers what they were doing, I would not be surprised if that was their rationale, like, kind of going for that kind of trope. Yeah. So, I, I would agree. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if that was what they were going for. But, I mean, like, Jane Silent and Bob work because they are both whites. Whites? They are both whites. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I, I agree. Like, there's not this racist implication when yeah. you have your silent figure being a dark-skinned black boy. Yeah. Well, once again, I would also like Tower like, like, I could ever get a fucking edge in with you, Jay. Christ. Uh, that would be something I would, I would, I would quite like that. But I know the writers and I know that won't happen. Yeah. So, like, I literally forgot about Towers until I was doing this podcast. Yeah. Which is not promising. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, it's, the idea of Towers and Liberty getting together is actually quite cute to me, but I like the nerd plus the, the tough boy type stuff. Like, I'm always a sucker for that. I mean, it's, it's a good dynamic. It's good, yeah. It's cute. It's always cute. It's, you know, Kyo and Toru, like. It it makes, it makes the tough boys soft. (laughs) I love that. Exactly. I'm, like, a big fan of it. So, like, that concept I'm quite behind. I'm into Liberty having somebody who actually likes her. But once again, I don't remember Towers, so I don't think this lasts. So. Oh, well. Whatever. Much like Avengers, I think JT and Liberty are endgame. <laughs> well. I want, I want Liberty and... I want Liberty and, like... Self-reliance to be endgame. I want, I want, yeah, and then, like, to get, like, a really cool partner in college. Yeah. Who, like, actually gets her and appreciates her and everything. (laughs) That would be nice. Like an Amy, like an Amy Santiago from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Once again, I've never seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine. You reference it and... Sorry, it's just, like, she's just this, like, very type A, like, loves crossword puzzles. Aw, cute. And, like, she's... Like, super competitive, because she has seven brothers that she wants to prove she's better than. Okay. Okay. It's one of my favorite parts of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, that you have two uh, Latinx women on it, and neither one, like, falls into the stereotypes. That's really nice. So. She constantly makes fun of Andy Samberg for being, like... She's, like, at one point, she's like, you've only read 15 books. (laughs) (laughs) That's... One day. One day I will finally watch that. But, um... Are we ready to try and unpack this A-plot? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Crack the neck. It's not that bad, honestly. Yeah. Well, (laughs) it's worth mentioning in this episode. um, So this is the episode that if you were an American viewer, um, you were not able to watch for quite a while on television. It did not air when they aired season three on the NT Nick, whatever entity it was at the time. Um, and it did not show up in the U.S. and airing on the U.S. until a later point where they were doing, because Degrassi, there was a lot of, like, syndicated episodes, and that's honestly how I watched pretty much every single episode during this time period. 
they did like a cast picks type thing and um cassie Steele decided to have her pick be these episodes so that was cassie Steele is manny yeah so they had the actress you know she picked these episodes intentionally probably so that that was the first time technically you were able to see the episodes i don't actually think that's how i saw it though because i think i saw it when they did the degrassi marathon leading up to season six i think that's when i actually saw it because i remember being like oh shit i'm actually <laughs> going to be able to see these episodes that's the whole shtick. I, I read the wiki for this, these yeah. episodes. The whole shtick was we're going to show every single episode, so they, 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 they were obliged to show even the, the problematic ones, quote unquote. I mean, it, it's interesting because I remember online, like, it was kind of this weird, not really weird, but there was kind of there was a clear division between the Canadian fans who had seen the episode at, on cable and uh, and could easily like watch the episode. Versus U.S. viewers who were able to get rips. Like, I know that there were rips of the episodes floating around in the fandom. Um, but it it was still an interesting divide to kind of how we all perceived how media was being delivered to us. Because I feel like Degrassi was one of the first times that I became really cognizant of, like, American standards and how that impacts storytelling. Because mm-hmm. there were a couple instances... Not just these these pair this pair of episodes, but there were other episodes too where the American viewing took it into a different order and made the experience different. And it was interesting being a teenager trying to process that. Uh, yeah, we talked uh, specifically about Shout. Um, yeah, Shout, and then um, uh, the episode toward the end of that season that they added to it. Um, I'll, I'll look it up because we can't remember. Yeah, I'm Carlos Whisper. No, Careless Whisper was a Marco episode. Um, I was actually. How soon is now? There you go. I was actually um, reading an article uh, while we were talking. Oh my god! Sorry, I just had a brain blast of song lyrics that said "How soon is now" and referring that to that song, and now I get it. Yeah. <laughs> just brain blast. It's okay. <laughs> Sorry. Fair enough. Um, and I'll send you the. Uh, article because I think it'd be good to post with the episode Mm -hmm. um, where they're talking about how this episode still matters 13 years on Mm -hmm. Um, and especially like the article because they also talk about a Friday Night Lights episode where there's an abortion. That was my recommendation was (laughs) the Friday Night Lights episode because I really appreciated that episode. Yeah. It's a very good one. It's in the later part of the series which everyone likes to talk about how they don't like East Dillon. Whatever. Y'all are full of shit. I love East Dillon and I really liked that episode. But yeah, like they talk about like trying to pirate it through like Kazaa or LimeWire. No, but like that was how it was in, in the Degrassi fandom because it was one of these things where you had the double thing where as a teenager you want to see forbidden media because you're told you shouldn't so you got that but number two if you're a genuine fan of the show you want to see it too because you are a completionist and if you liked manny you wanted to watch this episode because it's a manny a plot if you cared about i mean i was never a manny craig shipper in any capacity but i know other people were like if you cared about the ship you obviously wanted to see the episode there was like this fandom motivation but also that teenage rebellion motivation where it's like you're not letting me see this so (laughs) what the fuck is the big deal so it's an interesting it's an interesting piece of it because like i was not super active in in the grassy fandom i was on the end like I was on the T-Nick message boards, and that was kind of the extent of it. But 
I do remember being in the fandom enough for that this to be a big conversation piece amongst legitimately everybody. Yeah. So, let's get to it. Right. So, uh, Mrs. Hazalakos is running a gymnastics. Today we have gymnastics at Degrassi. <laughs> uh, let's see, we have lacrosse, we have field hockey, we have gymnastics, we have basketball, but like, uh, oh my god, it's a kind of name, Kira? Kendra? Kendra. Oh my god, sorry Kendra. It's okay. Um, Kendra is there, but she has to run out and vomit because she has the flu. And yeah, I'm just like, and there's Kendra Sport number seven. <laughs> right, right. Um, Manny's also very good at it, which is consistent because she she's very well known for her skills in cheerleading, so it kind of makes sense that she has the athleticism for gymnastics. Emma's also on the team? Yeah, question mark. But also, she was on, like, I feel like she's always on these teams randomly, and I, I don't, I feel like it just has to be a low tryout turnout. I just can't imagine her being much good at many of these. No offense, Emma. She has spirit. She has spirit. She's dedicated. Man, if she has a cause, she'll go for it. And sometimes that causes gymnastics, and that's fine. I don't, like, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but do longer limbs help <clears throat> gymnastics? No, because you want to be short, right? Like, like gymnast, gymnasts are tiny. They're, like, buff and tiny. Because, like, it's, I'm not sure if we actually ever see Emma doing the gymnastics. No, we don't. We don't. But, like, gymnasts Because are, Emma's, like, 100 feet tall. Yeah, like, gymnasts are smaller than me. I'm, I'm like, 5'2". They're... Scarny bean pole. They're short. But, um, anyway, so, like, Kendra runs off. She's sick. Hazalakos has, like, no sympathy. She's like, if any of you are fucking sick, I'm fucking ejecting myself You're out You're not of allowed to even breathe on each other. We're going home Don't now. Don't look at each other. Don't even look at each other. <laughs> can't afford to risk losing another you for this meat. Yeah, like, she's just, like... She's she, real serious about she's this. She's very... Well, that, that also doesn't... Like, I feel like she has two modes. She's either, like, super serious or she does not give a shit. Like, she's not <laughs> even in the gym. Like, these are your two options, Natasalako. Um, and, you know, as this is happening, Manny is instructed to take a photo for... Um, the for the yearbook. And Craig is the camera person. Now, of course, um, we know that they have tension... We had the incidents that were Holiday and Craig's whole entire thing of being deceitful coming, you know, coming out. Um, so, of course, when she, you know, when she is instructed to take a picture, she does a split and she just straight up refuses to smile. Because <laughs> Looking at you doesn't make me want to smile. Hell yeah, baby. Sick, sick burn number two of this of these episodes. Hell Probably yeah. Probably more than that. There's been a bunch of sick burns in this. Uh, yeah, there's a whole lot of snide remarks left and right in this episode. I'm just throwing those out there. Kendra and Liberty Ship? I can get behind it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about it, but now I am. Thank Honestly, you. no, but here's the thing. Degrassi, I am realizing in this viewing... Is, has so many, like, sapphic possibilities that just will never see the light of day. Yeah. And it's a true shame, because, like, ultimately, all these men and boys are horrible, horrible, horrible creatures, and, like, the girls, though flawed, would still make for interesting ships. There's a Paige and Ellie moment. I was just like, yes. I know. I thought yeah. of you. I thought of you, Frank. I thought, I was like, oh, there's your content. <laughs> like, yes, get on there's, my there's ship. There's your crumbs. <laughs> there you go, buddy. Um, but, so the opener happens, we come back to the plot. Ellie and Ashley are making snide remarks at Manny. Like, 
And I really, I, what I, I did like this bit of writing because they don't call her like any derogatory names. It's just like Ashley and Ellie walking by in tandem. She's like, "What do you do? You smell something, at, uh, Ellie? Yeah, it's the smell of a boyfriend thief." <laughs> it's just like, I, I mean, that's that's true. That, yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> that, that's what it is. Yeah, it's. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, in a perfect world, no, people would not be all attacking each other like this. But also, these are teenage girls. And you know what? Ashley's in pain, and Ellie's loyalty is to Ashley, and that's just how they're going to be. Well, like, yeah, but I do appreciate that it was boyfriend thief. Yeah. Not like the B word or the S word. Yeah, yeah, not having to lean on that type of stuff. Instead, just kind of... You know, get into the source, the the root of the issue, really, at this point, which is that, you know, she's deeply upset because of this relationship happening behind her back. Um, and Paige just kind of jumps in, and she tries to, you know, m- trying to help Manny, question mark, because she's like, you know, oh, the word on the street is that you're really good at gymnastics. Uh, don't worry, those rumors will end. Um, also, you're pale. What the hell's up with that? Bye. <laughs> in and out like a wrecking ball there's <laughs> just no subtlety with her no why ever would she she's Paige baby but um but um the next scene we have with this plot Manny approaches Ashley and Ashley is like getting up and we don't know what's about to happen Manny then tries to apologize and Manny explains, like, you know, the way that Craig talked to me, like, I believe, he made me believe that, like, I was the one. Um, and that, you know. And that she, she wouldn't have let it happen if she didn't truly believe that. If she didn't truly believe he was in love with her and wanted to be with her. Yeah. And only her. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a rough thing because it's like, yeah. that's obviously the not the right place to be. Like, what she did was not right. But also, you, you know... I, I, I was kind of like, you know what, like, especially with a girl who's so obsessed with fantasies and so obsessed with romance and so obsessed with, like, that <laughs> idea of falling in love. It's like, and this was a perfect storm, wasn't it? Yep. And as much as she hates it, Ashley sees that. Yeah, at you least, can at see. At least somewhat. You could see the gears kind of turning for her a little bit when she hears that. Yeah, so she doesn't doesn't really accept the apology, but she doesn't shove it back in her face. Exactly. Um, and then the next time we see this, uh, scene, the next scene, they're at, they're in Quan's class and Manny has to vomit. Emma obviously is, like, worried about this. Um, and, like, of course, like, Manny's, like, trying to be like, I gotta go, I gotta go. And Quan's, like, lecturing her about, like, going to school and while you're sick. And I'm like, oh my god, Quan, please. You're going to get thrown up on, please. And you're going to deserve it. (laughs) What the fuck? She is two steps away from puking on your your cardigan. Please move. Like, please, ma'am, ma'am, now is not the time. I was just like, I'm both happy and sad to see grumpy Quan again. Yeah. But, like, I was just like, Quan, pick your battles. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is not the time. This is not the solid field to die in. (laughs) But yeah, like Manny, Manny goes to vomit, um, and then right before, um, so they're doing like a practice at, uh, for gymnastics, Emma checks in on Manny, and she's worried that like, you know, maybe you shouldn't be competing, and like, there's a competition coming up, maybe you shouldn't be participating because you're sick, Hasselakos said like, if you're sick, you can't go, 
And, um, Manny's just kind of like, my life fucking sucks right now, and this is, like, the only thing that is okay, right, for me. And I'm like, oh, mood? I get, I feel this, Manny. Like, I fucking get it. I know what it's like when your life is on fire, and you got, like, one or two things going for you, and you cannot get those taken away. And Emma's just like, yeah, no idea what that feels like. And then Carl's out. Yeah, right? (laughs) She doesn't do that. No. But I, I do appreciate... That, you know, they really try to drive what it's like when you really, when you are, when you feel like, not even when you're a kid, I think in general when your life is on fire and, like, you just are so far in the hole and you're just like, I just need this one fucking thing and I know it's not perfect, but this is what I got. And I think that it it really, they really nailed this aspect of the episode. In many ways, in in this like frantic search for something that is real and okay. Um, so she goes out and she nails that balance beam. Yeah, Hassel Echoes is like, hey, show show us how it's done. By the way, she did all of the gymnastic stunts. There was no stunt double. Yeah, which is really cool. Um, I was watching. I was trying to figure it out, and I was like, oh, okay, okay. But yeah, no, that's what it turns out. It was all all Cassie Steele. Um, she does really well on the balance beam. Um, and then they go to the locker room, and when they go to the locker room, um, Emma compliments Manny, and Manny, we can see, like, the friendship is beginning to, to, uh, reform between the two of them. Manny apologizes, um, about hearing that Sim- that Mr. Simpson, um, Mr. Simpson, what the hell, Snake, he, he's hospitalized. Apparently he has to have a more intense chemotherapy treatment and he has to stay in the hospital during that process. Um, and, you know, you can see that they're beginning to get back to that emotional support that they provided for, the, for each other. Um, and as they're having this moment, Hazel comes in and grouses about how she needs a tampon. Um, Manny gives her a menstrual product uh, and notices that she notes that she hasn't used them in forever, which is never a good sign when you are watching this type of media. Um, and she cites that it's because of her intense training, which, you know, gymnastics, that is not uncommon f- for for that to happen. However, I am oh, right, watching in, teen drama. <laughs> yeah, they're in high school. And, and how intense is her training, actually? <laughs> She's a woman who vomited in a TV show or movie. Yeah, like, it's yeah, not good. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, and, you know, after that exchange with Hazel is done, Emma talks to Manny and says, like, hey, like, you were sick, th- you were sick earlier, and now you're not saying you haven't had your period, and I'm just kind of worried. And Manny storms off. She goes to the front of the school, and she kind of flips through her planner, and she realizes that she, it has been nine weeks, specifically after that party where she and Craig hooked up. So after that whole entire thing with Manny realizing that her period is late, um, we go to a scene in which Craig and Spinner play a sport. Um, then they have like a really quick transition to the benches and like Craig sits down and as he's sitting down, he sees Manny and Manny then goes into the school, goes into the bathroom um, and does this weird like knocking exchange with Paige between the two bathroom stalls. Um, knocks, and then Paige assumes that she just needs more toilet paper, so she, like, you know, brings some over to her underneath the little, you know, between the walls. Um, and then, uh, Paige, you know, is just like, oh, yeah, like, whatever. Okay, fine, whatever. Um, and then Manny asks her, like, you know, how do you know if somebody uses a condom? 
Bless Paige for trying her best. Yeah, like, Paige is like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's like... It's like, um, it's usually pretty obvious. Were you there? Yeah. <laughs> yes, like, that's what she said. Were, were you present? And, yeah, and, you know, she's kind of like, well, what do you think? Manny is, like, kind of doubtful. Um, and then Paige is like, well, I mean, Craig is semi-responsible, but I would recommend asking him to confirm this. Next next time, ask questions first, get naked later. Yeah. Which, you know. Solid advice. Yeah, not, not bad <laughs> advice at all. Um, like, at first, like, when I was watching this episode, I was just like, well, you know, maybe sex ed is... Then I stopped myself, like, no, Dr. Sally gave them sex yeah, ed. Yeah, no, they've had, like, solid sex ed. Oh, or wait, no, they got it from Armstrong this time, didn't they? <laughs> True enough. But, like, they had some exposure. <laughs> Man, he's just like, I blame you for this Armstrong. Oh, my God. But, like, yeah, no, it's like... Uh, poor Paige is just, like, startled by this whole entire moment. Um... So we have the next scene with this plot. Emma lands something. We don't see her what she does. Gymnastics really. again. She lands in gymnastics. Jack and Spike are in there. Baby Jack looks like a fucking elf, is what my notes say. Well, I give him like a Keebler green hat. Like yeah. yeah. And this is our first introduction to Manny's mom. Yeah. Yes. So Hazelakos is like, you know, Manny, it's up to you. Oh, by the way, your mom's here. <laughs> More pressure. Yeah. You're gonna make your mom proud. Meanwhile, Manny's head it just just reeling through her head is I'm pregnant, my mom's gonna kill me, I'm pregnant, my mom's gonna kill me, I'm pregnant, <laughs> my mom's gonna kill me. You gotta make your mom proud. Yeah. And of course, like, you know, Manny goes to do uh you know, to do the uh fucking what is it called? Balance again? beam. Balance beam. Um Manny is Oh like, she but she, she beefs it. Again, Manny always beefs it, but it should be really noted that she beefs it because she sees Craig Baby Jack starts fucking crying, and then she beefs it for, like, She's, legitimately yeah. the third time in the fucking, in this fucking show we have seen her for a plot point fall. Do you remember that, remember that episode where, where, um, Terry was pretending to read tarot cards, and she said many will have a, a, twist. a, a twist in her day, Yeah, and then she just, like, Tried to jump downstairs and twist her ankle. Like, for no reason, just jump downstairs and fell and twist her ankle. Remember when Manny busted her leg and then had to dress as a hunter for... That, that was the yeah, and, and her crutch was, was painted like a machine Excuse gun. Me. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, that, was, that was specifically when she's like, check this shit out, and then, like, tried to pull a gymnastics move, and that's when she beefed it. That's what it was? Yeah, you're talking about the same episode. Are we? I know she beefed it another episode. Though. Anyway, I just know she tried to pull a sick flip, and then she beefed it. Yeah. But, um, anyway, so there's definitely other instances where she's fallen for a Was there continuity that she was doing gymnastics way back then? Yeah, um, because, like, that's the whole thing about the spirit squad. Like, she comes in, busts some sick flips, and, whoop, um, busts some sick flips, and Paige is like, yes, I must have her for the spirit squad. Okay, thank you. I think these are three different pots, but that's just me. It doesn't matter. She beefs it again. Um, and Hasselakos checks in on Manny, and Manny is beginning to panic. And in the process, like, fucking, like, Armstrong is the judge. And he's like, oh, yeah, Degrassi forfeits. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck, dude? Have some bias. And, and she then she's just, like, Miss Hasselakos storms off to bed. What the fuck? 
I mean, honestly, though, she was a coach checking to see if her if her player was okay. Uh, Degrassi forfeits. Like, how does that work in any sport? Right. Like forfeit. Okay, maybe she maybe she did bad on that. Well, um, but that's a bad score. You don't. You just. You don't give up. I did. I. I did track. Um, for a while, uh, and there's a thing like if you do three false starts on a race, like your team is just done. Like, I don't know what it is about like gym sports like that, but like that's the rule. And because I remember like one kid did that, like he had three false starts, and then like. Like, we saw his team from... Well, I get, I get that, because yeah. that's, like, you do a false start, everybody has to go back, you have to reset, and you're like, oh, this kid! Gymnastics is like a solo sport. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense that one yeah. person falls, and they're like, you're out! Everybody's out! <laughs> no funnel out. Yeah, it's very intense. Anyway, we're hyper-focusing on this Yeah, we are. Um, but Manny leaves, she goes into the hall, Craig te- checks on Manny, and... You know, Manny's doing the whole storming off type deal, and then finally asks him about the condom. And then Craig kind of stammers. He says that he didn't have any. And because she said that she was, like, good, he thought that meant that she was on the pill. So this is where the big breakdown of communication happened with this. Like, she said she was ready. I... Well, she assumed that it meant she was ready to have sex. He, he, he asked, like, I don't remember, but he asked he probably, He said it like, in a way that... Like, are, are you okay for this or like like are do you want like is this okay and she says yeah yeah "Yeah, i'm good yeah and there this is what happens when you aren't clear exactly communication exactly um and you know she's obviously very distraught hearing about this um and she's like you know freaking out and he's just kind of like does this mean something? Is something wrong? Like, yeah. like, like, do I have to be worried? And he's like trying not to panic, and and she can see that he's beginning to panic, and she says she 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 backs out of it, saying nothing's wrong. Okay, it's okay. Nothing's wrong. Um, just just checking. Yeah. Because you know maybe and he assumes that because he doesn't want to know. He assumes that she was just checking because she was upset that he didn't use a condom and it was okay but he didn't use a condom and she was upset about that yeah but that's not the case anyway he says okay see you bye doesn't want to hear it doesn't want to think about it further exactly um next scene we have this plot manny (laughs) is leaving school and jogging to music gwen and i actually kind of enjoyed which was exciting um it's catchy i mean i listened to the song afterwards it's it's uh called beautifully undone by lindy it's it's a little it's a little, um, it's the word. Oh, hi, Basil. Trait, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the lyric, the lyrical content's very basic. But it was catchy at the time and, and out it's of place, out of place for Degrassi. It was like, I don't know. Degrassi is these like kind of like wacky tunes. I'm, I'm more marveled at the fact she was jogging with a CD player. I loved watching her yeah. running with the CD player yeah, in yeah. her hands because I... <clears throat> I remember having to juggle that. Well, I, I always ran with a tape deck because jogging with a CD player was, was uh, and then we, uh, <laughs> as the CD player skipped. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that now that you say that. Couldn't do anything physical with the Walkman. It's true. Um, oh, and I did look it up. It was Cabaret. It was, yes. Okay. Or 
beefed it. Yes. Um, but Manny leaves, so Manny is, like, making her way toward, uh, you know, towards somewhere, and meanwhile, Spike is going into her house with Jack, and Manny runs to them, and Manny just kind of comes out with it really quickly, she thinks that she's pregnant, um, and Spike obviously goes into, you know, like, mom mode, but also a mom that has been there that was around Manny's age when she had Emma, so, you know, you you see, like, kind of Spike trying to figure out how to be supportive of somebody who has done this, has gone down this road before. Once again, um, Spike has become the, I just, I just want to raise my, like, second kid. Like, why do people keep running up to me and just, like, unloading everything? Right. Um, but I do appreciate it because it's very, like, what I like about Spike. It's very, like old school spike the type of spike that i enjoyed in the early parts of the next generation um and you know manny does a test she says that she's stupid um spike offers to talk to her parents um well she offers to be there for the conversation yeah because manny's very scared to talk to her parents for um reasons that she discloses this, you know, I don't know if you want to talk about that. Yeah, they Manny. Don't have all the notes on it, so. Yeah, Manny's really worried specifically because apparently this has happened to a cousin of hers, and the response to that was sending her to a convent in the Philippines. As a response. To getting pregnant. Yeah. Assumingly to 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 carry out the pregnancy and that, do what with that baby we don't know, but that's that's really terrifying. Yeah. As as a as a kid as anybody really. Yeah, exactly. So, so Manny's very worried in that sense. Um, and Spike is also, Spike also becomes very worried when she hears that, um, as Manny kind of looks at the test. Yeah, it's, that's, put yourself in that situation as an adult, that's a real hard thing to support someone through. Yeah. Like, okay, I guess, I guess maybe you actually can't talk to your parents about this. Maybe that is a bad idea, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard, because that's usually the best advice to give. Exactly, because, like, in, in Spike's case, even though, like, her experience being pregnant with Emma at 14, Jesus, um, was certainly not the easiest, there is something to be said about having your parents' support. Mm-hmm. And your parents... There's a lot are, to be said about that. Yeah, in, in a time like this, no matter what decision you make, it's important to have a support system during it. Yeah. And... In the case of this, you know, it's kind of Spike having to confront her privileges relating to this situation and having her realize, you know, a lot, sometimes these things, even if they are true for herself, are platitudes for others. Yeah. And it's, it's a rough thing to make sense of, no matter how old you are, like realizing that your, your kind words are kind of useless in this situation. Yeah. So, next scene we have, Craig approaches Manny outside. Um, Manny says that something bad happened and that she's pretty sure that she's pregnant. And Craig just kind of, like, sits down. He's like, okay. He has a think. And then he's like, yeah, we can have a little family. This is, this is not so bad. Which, of course, you know. And he gets excited about it, and I'm... I'm so tired of this narrative, and I understand this is from a while ago, but I am very tired of it. Yeah, it's it's a 
tricky one in the sense that I do understand. Sorry, now Basil has to get sprayed because <laughs> she tried to grab the pastries. Never a dull moment with these two. Oh, Dahlia's hiding behind me. Um, but it's it's a rough situation to um, try and make sense of in my head because I do understand the sense of, and they say it more explicitly in later parts of the episode, but you can kind of infer at this point, like, Craig sees this as an opportunity for him to have a family after he hasn't really had one. Yeah. And you can get the jump that is trying to be made here, but also it's one of those things where it's like, if this was on an individual basis and I didn't always see this plot point happen, it would not irritate me as much. But the fact that, you know, this is something that we see a lot, it's very there, tiresome. I get that. It's it's hard because there are a lot of things at play. And, and first off, they are teenagers. Yes. They do not have fully formed brains. That no. is a fact. And it makes decision making real hard. Um, and, and maybe... You know, at that time, you think you can do it. You think you can make a family. It would be nice. It's a fantasy. And that teenage brain thinks it's possible. Yeah. And thinks it's good. And then you add the fact that you got trauma brain. <clears throat> yeah. And... and all that and everything, it's... Let me get this. Yeah. Which, you know, I, I'm tired of this chirp, but it exists for a reason. Yeah. It's, it's a hard one to kind of rectify as a viewer in many ways. And this is how the first <clears throat> episode ends is is on this vague upswing of sorts that you know craig and manny are trying to process and this upswing continues into episode part two. Oh um, god they're so fucking brazen they were woofish. they just walk into school strolling arms linked kissing and being schmoopy and like talking about in in, in broad daylight and in public school loudly about their excited family they're going to have. Together. Yeah, they're like Exciting. guessing, they're guessing the gender. Um, they bump into Ellie and Ellie and Paige kind of look at each other. Oh, going, they like, give what a look. Fuck as Craig and, and Manny kiss. They're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like the, that, that folks is the moment we were talking about before. Yeah. That's Frank's, <laughs> Frank's little, uh, moment for the ship folder. Um, <laughs> And it was very good. Um, and then, you know, after the kiss happens, after Craig leaves, Paige checks in on Manny, and it's like, oh, I guess everything worked out with the condom thing. I see you guys are looking cozy. And, and she's Man- like, well, everything, yeah, everything worked out. <laughs> also, I'm quitting cheerleading. <laughs> and M- M- Paige is like, excuse me, what? You cannot inconvenience me. That can never happen. <laughs> and she's really mad about it. Um... And, um, then we go to the library. Naturally, Paige being the gossip hound that she is. Um, well, what happens is Ellie told Paige, what was it, like, Ellie told Ashley about Craig and Manny getting to get back together, and then Paige is talking, it's like a whole mess of a yeah, social... Paige, Paige goes to Ashley, that's all Yes, that's what it was. Yeah, Paige, like, this is, this both made sense to me and didn't make sense to me. Because, like, Paige in the first episode says, I'm not going to tell anyone. Mm-hmm. But this is big. Yeah, this is... And she... She's Paige. Yeah. She's a gossip hound. She's... That's... That's some... I'm sorry, that's some that's... spite and hot 
gossip that's there. That's so juicy that's, that I can't. It's oozing. I don't think. I don't think a teenager. I think it would take a very disciplined person, not just a teenager. I think it would take a very disciplined person to not crack and tell a friend. Okay. So yeah, I mean, that is the one friend that it matters that that is the yeah. most important person to tell this or not tell this to. But yeah, but like because also it's like at this point it would have been found out anyway because they're being so brazen. And they're open they're about being it. super so, brazen, and also like you know there is the bad part of it, which is just Pages wants to gossip for the sake of gossiping. But there also is that moment where you, I feel like when it's a friend like this and it has to do with an ex, you want to tell your friend because it's like look at that fucking bullet you dodged. Like, aren't yeah, you fucking glad? That. And, like, there's also that satisfaction that you can have where you're just like, aren't you glad you're not dating that guy anymore? Yeah. Yeah. But, like, so, yes, that's, for me, side B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Side A, which thinks the world of Paige, is just, like, Paige is like, oh, no, 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 this cannot be allowed to pass. How can Paige mess this up? Yeah, right? Like the, the season one Paige machinations. Of yeah, Paige like, the how gr- can I get my grubby hands on this one? <laughs> We're just like, she's like, oh no. Oh no, they're going to try and make it work. Oh no, I'd throw a monkey wrench in that. Yeah, right? Like, this can't be. <laughs> Paige would do very well in Game of Thrones. She'd do well, and, like, she'd also be very good at, like, reality TV. Like, competitive. She'd be, like, really good on, like, The Bachelor. Like, she would be the one who would, like, not oh win. Oh, my gosh. She would be in, like, the top five. Yeah. She would be in the top, five, top five and Probably become the bachelorette. Four. She would become the bachelorette. Yeah, she would. Yeah. It's clear. Yeah. Man. Oh, that would be great. I bummed Rosebuddies is gone. I know. Um, But, yeah, so that's, I don't know, it's one of those two things. I think you guys <laughs> make a much stronger point than mine, but, like. No, they're all good. Yeah. They're all good. So... <laughs> Yeah, uh, Paige is like, yeah, guess what? Manny is preggers. Yeah, right? Like, well, she says she thinks, but, like, she's like, hold up. I am fairly certain right now that this is happening. Um, to, and you know what? They continue being so fucking brazen because at lunch in the next, this next scene of this, this plot. dumb motherfucker just has a baby names baby book. Name book. Like, you're in the cafeteria. Sorry, you're not a novelist. You have no need for a baby name book if you are not having a kid. Like, <laughs> just like like cooing over each other, flipping through the book. Craig gives Craig, her like Craig an tells extra her milk. To, yeah, jeez, miss that. That's look, I'm a provider. Yeah, <laughs> got the chocolate milk. I don't and, think and, it was. and like he tells her to. He opens the book to run a page. It's like okay. Close your eyes and pick a random name, and she picks one. It's like I it's Maud. Leave the name Maud alone. That's what it was. Maud. Yeah. Anyway, it's a she fine says name. ew, and she is not into it. Uh, She's. I got it. That's uh, a weird name for a kid for a teenager. And excuse me. I work with a teenager named Maud. Anyway. Excuse me, Craig. Teenage brain. Hannah Maud Hart. Whatever. Right. Like. Yeah, like, like the name Maud is fine. I think I like. I think in my older age, though, I'm I'm very attracted to names like that that are like that are not names anyone can contest as a fake name but also are just not trending right now like it's like it's hard to know when Maud would trend that's it's a really old lady name it is I mean I the kid I know a kid Harold named Maud. And Maud I know a kid named Maud she's great anyway she plays tennis she's lovely um but anyway what I'm I I'm I'm into names of that genre 
But um, anyway, obviously Manny does not like that. Um, and Ashley watches them and is just like, oh, like, do you guys have an announcement to make? And then they were like, and she's like, oh, they're shy. I'll make it. These two idiots are pregnant. This is a terrible, terrible thing for anyone to do. It is, but it also reiterates, like, because, like, I feel like Ashley loses all inhibition in the cafeteria. Because remember, like, this is also the space that she just impulsively dumped milk on Paige. And, like, I think she just, I think she goes into, like, a fugue state in in the cafeteria. (laughs) Well, I mean... I was living for this. She just just went off. And it was great. We also know Ashley, when she is scorned, she loses her impulse control. Oh, like, but it was great. She constant. like this was these were all zingers that were like, yeah, these are these are two idiots. Yeah, and I, nothing she said was was uncalled for. I, I'm so happy you're here with me, Gwen, because I was just like, I'm not sure if I should be able to like this, but I really like this. Oh, it was well, it was excellent. This is like a teen girl talk moment. Of yeah, this giant move. It's it's cathartic in a way because it's like Ashley Ashley because remember these two it's not just like oh this is a case of like the rebound no they were she was being cheated on yeah she was, it was being bad. deceived so her being able to like it, it it's like it's like very much like the like I keep thinking of like Nicole Kidman on the divorce photographs of her just like launching down the street and like in total bliss. Like it feels kind of like that same energy of just Ashley being like, I am letting go of this shit, everybody. <laughs> Look at these fucks. It was it was great the build up to this because like she's talking to them as as, you know, just those two, her Manny and and Craig, and you think, okay, she's just going to to lay in some zingers and be done with it just with the two of them but then you slowly get the realization sinking and no she's going to she's going to tell everybody yeah i tell everybody (laughs) (laughs) i show you and (laughs) you're welcome i would have just loved for her as like like they the two of them just stare at each other dumbstruck and like you just hear as Ashley exits the cafeteria, I want my grandpa's guitar back, you idiot! Oh, if only. That would have been so good. <laughs> Your bad sucks! Right? Like, that would have been perfect. <laughs> but um, what we do get is Manny is in a bathroom stall looking like a wreck. Um, Paige and Terry are um, at the sinks. And Terry's talking about how she loves babies. Somebody had to say it. And you oh know what? It was going to be. Terry. Terry has a conservative streak, though, and I'm yes. not surprised. Yeah. I'm sorry. Manny's so lucky. Babies are bundles of love. It's like. And, and Paige, do you have this line? Because I have it written down. No, please share. Paige just turns to her, gives her like a WTF, what are you even thinking? You should be fixed for even thinking that. Which is, like, really fucked up. Like, it's super fucked up, but it's very, like, vintage page. But also, like, she's, how old is Manny? 14, 15? Uh, she... I want to say 14. Yeah, she's probably 14. She's a, she's a freshman this year. Yeah. Terry thinking it's good to have a child at, at 14 years old. That is not good mom material. Just putting that out there wait on it terry wait give yourself some time to grow and change the person please please but um yeah so like you know Paige slings that comment 
Um, she also says, like, you know, Manny is ruining her life and her figure. Like I said, this is very vintage page. Well, I, I love, like, she's ruining her life, long pause, and her figure. Because <laughs> it's Paige. Goddamn Paige. Yeah. And, like, to be clear, where I want to be clear, like, I am not co-signing this behavior, but it makes for good television. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It goes back to kind of, like, what I liked about Paige when she was initially introduced as a character, where I was like, I don't agree with what she's doing, but she makes, like, she, she the, like, something about um, her actress, just, like, she just takes however little she has and fucking, like, runs with it. It's, it's the Jane... I think I've said this before, it's the Jane Krasinski acting method where, like, on paper, her lines aren't that remarkable, but she just throws so much stank on them. Yes. You're just like, oh, man, like, you know. Um, but, like, I don't think anyone is as good as, like, a deterrent as Emma is in the next scene. Yeah, like, Emma comes in, she knocks on the stall of Manny, um... And, you know, Emma's just kind of like, you know, I wish we talked. Um, how about you come over? And then, you know, Manny's like, can I bring Craig? And she's like, yeah, sure, you can bring Craig. Um, which introduces this whole entire thing that Frank gave some lead up to. Um, so Craig and Manny come over and they see Jack because, you know, obviously Emma has a lot of babysitting duties with Jack. Um and, you know, they are cooing over him, and then Emma and Manny are looking at, like, illustrations from, like, a what to expect when you're expecting type book. And Craig's like, oh, wow, Manny's gonna get fucking huge, because he's a boy. And Manny obviously, like, gets very, you know, shaken by hearing that, rightfully so. Um, and as they're kind of going through everything, Manny just is like, oh, I wish I could trade moms, talking about Spike. Um... And, you know, Jack starts crying. Craig asks if he can figure it out. And as that whole entire thing is happening, doorbell rings. So Emma has to leave. So, which is like, this part was actually very endearing to me because it's Chris. He is like a book for Emma. He's just hanging out. Just doing his thing. I'm just just doing my Chris stuff. Yeah. And like, Emma (laughs) opens up the door. She has the baby monitor in her hand, which killed me. And, like, you know, she gets the book from him, she says hi to him, and then they both are just listening in <laughs> to the chaos that is happening inside Chris is like, what, are you, what is this? What are you listening to? And she responds with... Parents and training. And then Chris is just like, they, Craig's like, I don't want to touch that, it's green. And I'm just like, oh, God, what came out of that baby that's green? <laughs> and then, like, I mean, I've been around babies, lots of things come out green. But, yeah, I was gonna say, that's not uncommon. Yeah. Um... <laughs> and then, like, Chris has a sick burn, too. He's like, parents in basic training. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was probably the most endearing Chris-Emma moment that has existed in this show so far. Yeah. It was very fun. Uh, I would have loved if he, he's just like, yo, I'll come back later when this is over. She's like, thanks. <laughs> yeah, and, like, she comes in. There's, like, a diaper kind of on Jack, even though, like... I feel like Emma, like, picks him up and the diaper just flies off. Like, it's just, like, not even it, assembled. No, they didn't, they did not do this properly. And it's very no. obvious. And she's like, oh, okay, I guess I'll do this myself. Like, she's like, I'll show you how to put on a diaper. And Craig initially doesn't want to do it. Yeah. He, he is not enthused about it. Manny is really distressed during the whole entire thing. Yeah. Um, so, next scene, Craig is standing in front of the school with milk. Because, of course, 
Um, Spinner at, and then Spinner's there. Spinner asks where Manny was. Um, and then eventually Spinner just, like, hits him. And he's like, are you on crack? Because this is the early aughts, and that's how everyone spoke, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and Craig is just, like... <laughs> And Craig gives him, like, reasonings that I kind of knew was where this was going to go, which is that, you know, Craig says, like, you know, he doesn't want to screw up for once in his life. Um, he lives with some du- guy, referring to Joey, and, like, he doesn't really have a family. Like, he wants to have a family for real. Um, and once again, it's one of those things where it's like, do I, you know, it's not that I don't understand the train of thought. But I feel like this dance has been done before with plots like this relating to, like, teen boys and family planning and them using their trauma as a reason to control the person that's getting pregnant and their reproductive rights. And it's rough. It's rough because then it also has that deeper implication of, like, you know of mental illness and how in trauma and how you know okay obviously like it's just like this really delicate dance that just the Degrassi writers I feel like just don't have the chops for which is like how do you find this balance between and I feel like they struggled with this with Craig legitimately since they've done this turn in season three which is like how do you talk about how being in traumatic experiences may mean that your coping mechanisms and your way of dealing with life may not be 100%, but also, like, trying to find a way without of not vilifying, like, mental illness and things like that. And I don't think they quite nail it. I mean, the way you go through this, I mean, you, you give Craig some, some the, the viewers, viewers sympathi- sympathy, and he doesn't really get that in this. Yeah, and I feel like he hasn't... I feel like when he initially, I just feel like it happened, there were a couple moments in this season. I think there were some moments like Holiday, there was no real way to redeem him from those terrible decisions, but there were other points along the way that you could have He could have come back. He could have realized and and changed his behavior, apologized, made up for it. He could be doing all these things to not... But they, didn't, but they didn't have him do that. So. Exactly. Like, they don't have him going to therapy and being like, hey, like, these are kind of shitty habits that I have and I need to work on this. They don't have him. Well, that's a lot for a teenager to Yeah, but he's already right. involved with, like, social workers and things like that. So the idea of him having to seek some form of... And we've already had two students that go to therapy. Yeah. Okay, sure. Because we do have so many. <clears throat> yeah. And so, like, at the very least, he, you know... He could have been checked on by her or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, so he, he talks about that. And then meanwhile at Spike's... I just want to make one comment. Yeah, sure. Spinner has a, has a tongue piercing, which I just noticed yes, in this scene. He, it's kind of funny about Spinner, because I remember observing this even when I was a kid, where he like kept accruing piercings. Like, yeah. as the series went on, he got like more and more piercings. I think... <laughs> Um, Marco's actor also low-key was accruing piercings. Mm -hmm. I think, like, he eventually gets, like, a nose stud or something like that. But, like, I remember him kind of slowly also getting them, a lot of them on his ears. But, like, I remember Spinner's tongue piercing. And, like, when to a point that when you pointed it out, I'm like, yeah, of course he's a tongue piercing. (laughs) Like, that was so normal to me as, as, like, a viewer. (laughs) So they're going in school. It's like, it's a... Spinner, did you get your tongue pierced? Yeah, man, it's wild cheese whiz bender this weekend. I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah, except it, it, his tongue would be It'd swollen. Be like, so he'd be like, <laughs> 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 
meanwhile, at Spike's, um, Manny kind of runs in, says that, you know, she has, like, you know, she basically, she's like, oh, I got time, I can walk away from school, and Spike's like, whatever, you're dealing with shit, so okay. Um, and lets her in. And Manny asks Spike, like, what's it really like to be a single parent? And Spike's very honest about it. She basically, the way that she describes things, she gives a lot of, like, metaphorical language, but basically what it comes down to is literally everything is constantly on fire. Everything's constantly on fire, and I didn't get to do anything fun. Yeah. Or anything that I wanted to do. Yeah, like, My life was baby. Exactly. Everything on fire, baby. Well, the thing is, is that she's, first, there's there's a bit of a wave in how she tells it, because at first she's like, yeah, everything's on fire, but you get, like, you know... Candy, sti- like you know, sticky kisses, and you get like yeah, you know, there's you get there's the rewards for, yeah. for raising a child, certainly. Yeah, um, and Manny's like not into it when the rewards are presented to her. Like she's sure. like, like really, that's I, what I have to look forward to. It, it's basically, I think it's like Spike being like, just yeah, this doesn't get back to Emma, but this is what's going on. This was like. Yeah, and and then, you know, she then that's when Spike touches upon, like, you know, she didn't get to move away. She didn't get to go to school, like, you know, outside of the area. She, she didn't, didn't get, get to go to the, the, the trips and all, all their friends went on. Yeah, because, I mean, also, like, think about it this way. Like, you know, you have Caitlin, her, one of her really good friends from school and now post-school is Caitlin, who literally has traveled the world. It was on a private jet, like, two episodes ago. Exactly. So, like, you do kind of, you can see how she feels the strain because she has been friends with somebody who has been able, since, you know, since they were very young and has been able to kind of live her hopes and dreams. So you can kind of see where, you know, she really wants to make this clear to Manny. And Manny is really upset because she wants to leave. She wants to study fashion in New York City or Paris. Like, she has these big dreams and she's realizing that, you know, going through with having a kid this young, she's not going to be able to necessarily achieve these goals. Yeah. And, and Spike ultimately says, the decision is yours. Yeah. Even and though Craig wants you to keep the kid, that doesn't matter. The decision is yours. decision is yours. And Manny gives us, like, kind of, oof, heartbreaks a little bit. She says, I, so I don't have to do this if I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I really, I'm sorry. Yeah, she, it just, she had been feeling like she had to do this. Yeah. Like that since she was pregnant, now she has to have this child. She has to deal with it. It's either going through and raising a family or, or giving it up for adoption. She has felt like she had to go through that. And having the talk with, with Spike allowed her to see that there are other options. Exactly. Um, so that kind of seed is planted um, we go to the next part time this plot kicks in. Um, it's at Manny's house. She comes in. Her mom's offering her food. Uh, she says that she's not hungry. And Manny just kind of, you know, there's not very much dead time in this conversation. Manny just kind of goes, look, like, I went to the doctor. I got the confirmation. Like, I am pregnant. Um, and, you know. She wasn't She wasn't planning on telling her mom this, which is, which is a fun thing you learn afterwards. She, she yeah. just went into the room and she had an emotion and it all came out. Exactly. Which is sometimes how it goes. Yeah. A lot of times that's how it goes with, with, with mothers. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how I ended up telling. When I originally started going to therapy about 12 years ago, um, I had, my grandfather recently passed away. 
And I kept telling people it was because of that, but it was because of everything else. Um, and then, like, after about a year or so, like, I just kind of was like, Mom, I'm going because, like, I'm depressed and I have anxiety and whatnot. And uh, much like Manny's mom will do as we discussed, like, she kind of surprised me because it was just like, my mom has a weird, I was worried my mom was going to blame herself in that. Um, but, uh, instead, my mom has this weird thing she does where, like, you, you'll say something, like, that's super hard, and then she'll be like, okay, here's what we're gonna do, and just kind of, like, list off, like, a to-do list. Mm -hmm. She's like, you're gonna go see a psychiatrist, you're gonna get some medication, you're gonna keep exercising, you're gonna get your, like, diet better. And, like, just, like, ramp, rattle all these things, she's like, do you need a hug? I'm like, Yes. And I was like, come here. <laughs> and, I don't know, just, I know that's a bit off topic, but this is what that scene reminded me of. Yeah. Yeah, so. I think there's something to be said about that, because, like, her mom is obviously pretty shocked. She says, like, you know, it is, it is a shock to hear this. Yeah, so Manny, Manny just, like, unloads on her, and when her mom seems upset, Manny's like, you can't be upset. It's, it's my body, it's my choice. And she's, like, getting defensive, because she's expecting... A yeah. really negative response because yeah. of what has happened to her cousin. But her mom is just, and she just points out, like, this is just a shock. I need, I, I can't process this right away. I need time with it. And she. But they embrace. Yeah. Which I was a, I felt like a very good coda for the scene. Yeah. Um,. So, Manny, then, next scene, we have Manny entering the Nelson household. Uh, Emma is there. Um, oh, wait, wait, one thing. Yeah. Just, end, end of that scene, Manny, like, just tells her that I can't be a mom yet. Yeah. So, like, that, that was established. Manny says, I can't be a mom yet. Um, mm -hmm. And she's asking her, what what do I do? Yeah. I, so, so it's, she's, she's unloading all of this and telling her, I can't do this, I can't do this. I know you will hate it, but I can't do this. And then asking for help and... It's, it's a lot for her, for her mother, but she, that is her daughter, and she embraces her, and they'll figure it out. Exactly. Scene. I can't be a mommy yet, and I can't go away. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Um. Oh, well, oh, time for Dahlia. Loving cradle like a little baby. Speaking of babies. Yeah, baby. Oh, a little bundle of joy. Oh. Everybody wants a baby. <laughs> when it's a cat, that's fine. Yes, cats are easy. <laughs> you can... I've always said I don't want like I don't want a kid. I just want like a dozen puggles. That's fair. <laughs> oh, dog, yeah, yeah, our baby, official baby of the show. Cool, cool, cool. Smelling like poop, like a baby too. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't smell that bad. Not today, at least. Not today. <laughs> Um, anyway, so Manny enters the Nelson Simpson household. Emma is there. Um, and Manny reports back that telling her mom went okay and that her mom is driving her to the clinic. And, of course, Emma's ears perk up at this. And she goes, wait, like, you can't. And and this is where we – and we've seen this before with Emma. We see this anti-choice, like, position that she has. Well, Emma is not – if you're looking for an unbiased friend and support through this, Manny, this is the wrong person. Especially because, like, I'm... like Manny picked up her pieces after White Wedding. Like, she <laughs> knows where, where, you know, where she stands on this topic. 
or mind white wedding. Uh, that was. That was where um, Spike found out she was pregnant. Yeah. And then um, there's a moment where Spike thinks about terminating her pregnancy, and Emma, like, it's like. You would terminate another me? Yeah. How dare you? That's literally. It gets like it's really clunky too. Um, Gray was on that episode, (laughs) so he can also speak to this where like she started parroting in a way that was just like very what you would expect an anti-choice person to sound like oh well yeah she did in this episode she too. doesn't yeah it, it it's was like, anti-choice it, like it, it was clearly that there yeah was no it was. if ands or buts about it it's it's a very <clears throat> I, I understand in like i also understand as a kid you're going to have very like not fully developed positions about this but also like and i think this comes out in the later part of the episode but i'll say it now i feel like where this episode loses me a bit is in this piece because i feel like instead of it being like emma being like look i'm uncomfortable about this i can't imagine having one myself but i understand that it's a thing that people have a right to choose it's it it takes this fully emotional thing but it also does not nobody takes much like how nobody's calling out toby for how he's being racist in in the b plot nobody is telling emma look like you can't this is not something that we can agree to disagree on like, there is no middle... Like, the only middle of the road is letting people choose what they want to do. That's that's it. Like, there is no... You believe that. You are anti-choice. I am pro-choice. I, I, maybe that's very radical of me, but, like... Well, the, th- the thing is, like, with the... To- like, the, the agree to disagree with the Toby thing is just, like... Those are just words. Like... This is a life. Like, it's Manny's life. Yeah. Like, and, you know, Manny has a, Manny has every right to choose how her life is going to go. And, like, Emma is saying, no, you don't deserve that. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Like, Toby is just being a shithead. Like, Manny has to, like, you know, it's... It's not at all clear. We are all very pro-choice on this podcast. Yes. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> well, I wonder what gave that away. There's no devil's advocate here. Nuh-uh. Yeah. But, like, also, it's just, like, I, I feel like this isn't something that should have one. And, and that's kind of the thing where it's, like, I don't think it's ridiculous that Emma feels this way. I, I do understand, given her, her, yeah, she's, her position. she's a teen mom baby. Like, yeah. Like, she would not have happened had her mother made the choice that was better for her life probably exactly it, it just sucks because this this has been brought up twice and neither time has emma really truly been sat down and told like look i get you have these complicated feelings but you need to figure out how to process them like spike has not really had that conversation with her she's not really having this conversation in this episode either yeah. And and Manny's in this conversation Manny's like listing of all the things that she'd have to deal with um she have to deal with not not you know having to deal with pregnancy getting getting you know getting large that she's actual also physical just fear thing. of ha- giving birth as well fear of giving fear. birth she doesn't want to go through that she doesn't want to go through being at school being pregnant because everybody knows how awful that is yeah and she's already getting treated like trash anyway by and people. she doesn't want to she doesn't want to get sent away either she doesn't want to try and raise a family at 14 years old she says i am 14 mm-hmm. and emma just goes <laughs> You can get through all of that. Yeah. Yeah, oh, you can adopt. And then, like, she's like, no, I don't want to give birth. Like, listen to me and my words. 
She wasn't. No. That's the thing. She no, was not Emma never does when it comes to this. When she gets on her high horse, she's not getting off it. She has opinions, and she will not be swayed, whether it's babies or scorpion DNA. Yeah, like, God, God, why is Emma so hell-bent on being on the wrong side of history? (laughs) (laughs) It's just, I know, it it just reminds me of, like, something from Battlestar, where, like, there's this guy married to a Cylon, and the person is just like, you're not married to the entire line of Cylons. And just like, he's like, Emma, you are not every one of, like, you are not every baby. (laughs) Yeah, like, that's the thing. It's like, I, and I get, like, I don't expect her to just have a conversation about this and suddenly, like, know what to do and be better at it. But I do wish that at least we had, like, one real moment where someone told her, like, look, this mentality is, like, not a good luck and you gotta figure it out. Yeah. Maybe we'll get there. Maybe. For now, um, well, okay, well, let's just get through this. Yeah, so, so we're at she, she's, she's She's still real upset about this, and Emma is just, like, staring Manny down in class. Yeah, like, like she's in Quan's class. Manny's, like, straight up looking up, like, going through information packets in the middle of class. Yeah. Bold. And well, it's all consuming, so. Yeah. Spinner. Everybody knows already, so, like, what's the yeah, point? Yeah, I guess you got nothing to lose at that point. Spinner is desperately trying to uh, point out some symbolism in Moby Dick. Yeah. Well, he didn't do so bad. He, yeah, did, no, he no, did okay. No. He did pretty okay. He was he talking about, okay. what was it, the ocean. As a symbol for life. As a symbol for life, ow, and. Ow, ow, ow. You always end up in the same place, Frank. Whatever. And, and Twinter Guy <laughs> is searching for the, the meaning of life in this whale chase, which, not a bad read. I mean, isn't that just what the book is? I, I don't know. I Honestly, I, I, I read, like, maybe a third of it and or looked up the Sparks note of it um, and then wrote a a iambic pentameter um, long form epic poem about it. Oh, and that was it. <laughs> oh, it was bullshit. It was complete, oh, utter I'm sure. drivel. I'm sure it was. Because I didn't, I was just like, yeah, it's whatever. It's Moby Dick. I'll, I'll do this. You want me to be creative? I can, I can have two creative bones in my body for this. Nice. I, my favorite part that nobody ever talks about is the fact that Queequeg and Ishmael were snuggling for like weeks before they got on the boat. Ooh. So, and like Ishmael's just Snuggle like, city. I feel mm. so safe with him. Oh, <laughs> all I know is that it spends a lot of time talking about whaling. Yeah. Like, like the technicality of whaling. It, it's like, it's, it's like... Not, a lot of those books are like that. Any, like, epic seafaring things are, they get so nautically technical. Yeah. Like, but, and I think, I think it's just guys like that. Like, well, so, I, certain subsets of guys just, like, are really into nautical stuff. I mean, I'm just, my dad. Yeah. All, yeah. Those, all those, like, he read, like, 30 Patrick O'Brien books, which are all about seafaring nonsense and talking about knots... And I don't know. That's all I got. That's the only seafaring term I know. It, Wayward, starboard. It's it's like dudes who read Tom Clancy novels. Like they're here for that minutia. You know, like tell me exactly what kind of gun Jack Rot Breacher Ryan whatever was using. Yeah. Ugh. Boring. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, there's some sort of. I, there is definitely a draw to to getting into something that is. You know the technicalities of it. You know the details of it. It's, it's like it's like watching how it was made videos. And stuff yeah, like that. yeah. No, don't get me wrong. I get that piece. Anyway. Anyway. We but, digress. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're in the hall. Manny sees Craig. <laughs> um, she says that she can't have a kid, and 
of course, like, you know, she can't have a kid. Craig will someday be a good dad. Maybe she will be a good mom, but this is not the time. Um, And he... He flips out. Yeah, he he flips his shit. Um, He grabs her, things like that. And Emma comes in. And you would think, oh, maybe this is where Emma realizes the importance of being pro-choice, but no. Well, but but maybe it's it's weird. I haven't written my notes here. Emma barges in with the flip flop city. Oh, and we have this weird thing from Frank. What? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. No, Frank's just surfing the phone, surfing the net while we're on the podcast. Wow! Forgot to turn the volume down. Frank. Man! Who care about us? I'm gonna edit all no of, respect. I'll take this nap and edit it out so nobody will know I was getting dragged for doing something dumb. I apologize. Okay. <laughs> anyway, in my notes, I had written Emma just barging in flip flop city. Um, just, 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 it's just Waffle House here. Like, what is she doing? She tries and like, she tries. She, she, she yells at at um craig to say you gotta stop mm-hmm. and then says to, em- to 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 manny okay well if you know i thought about this and if it was a stranger i'd be furious at you <laughs> if there's somebody i didn't know Fuck! i would be livid but since it's you um i'll make an exception um, uh, her body her choice right uh yeah okay bye and like like it just what what kind of double standard is that Well, it goes back to the thing, like, I think Degrassi was really trying to, like, I think, I I think handling abortion is never an easy thing, and, like, let's, I I do think that, in the grand scheme of things, there were parts of this episode that were handled quite well, but I think that this goes back to the problem where Degrassi is, much like Liberty, not as edgy as it thinks it is, and it it tried to... (gasps) (laughs) oh sorry dahlia hopping onto frank's lap um with enthusiasm landed in 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 the wrong spot as you can imagine (laughs) she doesn't care she gives no fucks um that's my daughter (laughs) um (laughs) but um, the joys of raising a child i know um, but yeah, I think the problem really is embodied in this piece where they try to to take this position of like, you know, you can be pro-choice, anti-choice, and agree to disagree type of thing. It just doesn't work that way. No. That, that's not what it means to be pro-choice. It doesn't mean you, person on the street, fuck you. My best friend, okay. Like, you don't get to do that. But I... Honestly, I think a lot of people do that. I think a lot you of people do, too. You see that with, with all kinds of... Um, any type of marginalization. Yes, marginalization. It's it's. You could be a good gay person, a good black person, a good, uh, you know, any type of person, and then there are the people who are not so good. Yeah. Like we see yeah. it all the fucking time. I'm it, not homophobic. I have a gay friend. Yeah, yeah. That friend is okay, but everybody else sucks. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like I don't think, and that's the problem that I have with this. It's, is like I don't think Emma's position is actually unrealistic. No, it's 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 just. It's just confusing. It's it's it, the problem is is that they don't portray it as contradictive, but they portray it as if it's noble. Like it's noble of Emma to let go of her prejudice just enough to defend her friend. Yeah. And I think that's the infuriating part here. I think the fact that Emma has this very contradictive feeling toward it and very complicated feeling toward it is not bad, but that doesn't make her a hero for saying 
fuck you person on the street, but my best friends can my best friend can do this. I mean that just puts you as a stepping stone in your development as a person. We are we are framing this as a prejudice, which I'm hesitant with. I mean, it's, I don't know what it's else a to little, call it. It's a little it's 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 a little more complicated than it's not really a prejudice. It's just Well, it's the same double standard as the prejudice that you guys are talking about. Yeah, it's yeah. the same same themes, but I, I would hesitate to I mean there's a personal aspect to it, which makes it a little more complicated. But once again, like I don't it, I just don't think it's 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 She's it, certainly biased about this. Yes. But that's not I don't know. Well it like the way you guys were talking about it reminds me of like the Green Book or one of every one of those other like I have a poor opinion of person about another group of people, but now I've made one friend. Yeah. Who's challenged this? I was like, well, okay, maybe. And it's just like no, but. Well, what's the thing? It's like, is that is it true that when you make a personal connection to something, yeah, for many people, like they actually learn and kind of gain the necessary level of sympathy and or empathy to understand that something's bad? Yeah, sure, of course that happens, but it shouldn't be portrayed as noble. And I think that's the problem with Green Book. That's the problem with this moment. That's the problem with a lot of media like that. It's like when you make it shouldn't the... be it shouldn't be romanticized because yeah. that puts the the onus on the marginalized group to again defend themselves again, do all of the work to say, "Hey, maybe you shouldn't treat us like garbage." Exactly. And you know, it's not, exactly. it's not their job. Yeah. It's just like It's a, the the right to choose with like what to do, the right to choose to do with one's own body is a should not be in discussion here, and like the fact that like, well that's that's the whole debate that's per yeah, yeah, like yeah. per, no, well, no. per choice that is that well, is the debate but but in the well, case well, of this it still comes off like there's a choice like, were you, sorry if I cut you off over. What I was gonna get at is just like. They don't, like, it's the same, they're doing with Emma what, like, they've done with the boys all along. Yeah. Is, like, nobody, they are not going to ruin Emma. Like, they're going to have this whole thing, and Emma is still going to walk away, as you guys said, being noble and being fine. Nobody is going to step up and say... You are, like, not a feminist. You are not here for me. You are being a shitty person and a shitty... You're being a shitty person and even shittier friend. Yeah. And it's just like... No, like, Emma gets to still wear her white cloak and walk out of that school. Oh, that's because she got the last word of support in. Yeah. She gets the... Okay, no, it's actually not the scene, the, the episode closer, but... But it's it's the last, like, it's it's kind of the big emotional conclusion... Um, but the last scene is just Manny gets the abortion. She goes to the doctor's clinic. Doctor asks her, "You you want this? You're sure?" Um, how are you? Manny asks, "Like how am I going to feel?" Doctor says, "Everybody feels a little different. Um, some women cry. Someone jump for joy. You'll find out essentially." Yeah, but reiterates like you know, as long as you're sure, like you'll be fine. Like yeah. you know, you may yeah, yeah. experience a lot of different emotions because of this, and none of them are wrong. But at the end of it all, if this is what you need to do, then this is the right decision, and you will and end you up will feel okay. Good. You will feel fine. Yeah, 
And that's how the episode ends. Yeah. I'm gonna give it like an A, like an A minus. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like everything, the the A plot was done. It's not one of those ones where it's done so well. Like it was for the most part. It was mediocre. It was yeah. fine. It, it's it's I for, I for what for for time, the time period for sure. time period for the time period yes for a time period well it's hell. Now that article points out, like, yeah, this isn't a conversation we have very often. Even no, now. it's it's a hard I mean, one. Grassy had this, and it was great, actually. Yeah, um, well, that's actually one no, of my no spoilers, but that's yeah. one of my recommendations. Sure, sure, sure. Um, it's it's a toss up. I I've read some articles about this. I as like a you know how to approach writing abortion and and things, and it's recommendations. Yeah. Oh, did you forget about your totally? Rec- I mentioned recommendations earlier. You even sent me the email the first time to like, hey, this is what you got to do. Remember yeah. recommendations? Wow. Mm. Totally ignore yeah. it. It's it's a hard one because there's a couple. I feel like there are a couple viewpoints on how to write about abortion, and a lot of it kind of depends on your how you want to take it. Do you want the, do you want your writing to function as a kind of like an educational piece? Do you want it to actually be a very humanized experience? Do you want... Like, there's so many different ways you can do it. And it's kind of hard in that sense because you could do a super radical take on it where you may even say this is media and and media is supposed to be a way to, you know, is so deeply influential that maybe you should create media in which somebody doesn't, you know... Ha- does not have that apprehension that we see in a lot of abortion plots that we have a character that just decides to do it does it and like you know takes out a lot of the tropes of how we talk about abortion and it's it's a hard one to make sense of because i think it depends a lot of it really does hinge on like what is the media that we're talking about here in the case of degrassi the decisions that they make though i think the end kind of loses the thread a little bit makes a lot of sense it makes sense because this is, it makes sense for season three in the sense that we are seeing more of a serialized drama. So it hits on some of those notes of teen drama that we we find entertaining as viewers, but also still hits some of those emotional and educational beats that Degrassi also tries to integrate into the episode itself. But in other media, it may, you know, you couldn't necessarily do this formula in other pieces of media because it, they aren't Degrassi. Yeah. It's an interesting one in a big picture sense. Yeah, I'm gonna still stick by my like my rating. Mm-hmm. Um, because like I said, for me this was like a very novel thing to see. Yeah, so, exactly. And I'm happy for anyone to have the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, Character rankings. Well, and also the thing was the B and C plot weren't as abhorrent. Like, you know, like, the, the things we pointed out were bad, yeah. but, like, they were interesting to, they were, I wasn't bored watching them. That's a good point, yeah. So, but anyway, um, character rankings. Uh, Craig's going down, um, for being, for being kind of like, I, I did not, like, I don't know if we mentioned it like he his very physical grabbing of like manny's wrist yeah not a good look yeah not into that not into like i'm just not into i'm just not into craig these days 
I know, it's really rough. Um, Paige, not really moving. Like, I enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed uh, what she was bringing. Um, Emma going down for that double standard. Mm-hmm. Spike just fucking... Spike's gonna go hang out with Paige at this point. Because, mm-hmm. like, Spike is, like, best mom, best friend's mom, like, best friend. Like, Jack... She's great. She's Jack, great. Jack can do no wrong. Um, yeah, he's a fucking baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like Jack just... Well, I will say his Kiba elf look was not a good look. <laughs> not a good look. Um, he's losing ground in his he's ranking. He's losing style points. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, well, I do have to give Emma a little bit of credit because she did, did do something Pan Oswald says in his stand-up where he was just like, if you have friends or people who want to have a baby, tell them to go to, like, a Walmart or Costco at, like, 10 o'clock in the morning and just, after about an hour of that, see if they still want to have kids. If you do, go for it. Yeah, not a bad test. So, anyway. Um... Jimmy, uh, going down for being a bully. Toby going down for what the fuck he was doing. JT. I was fine with him. Yeah, like, that's the thing. Like, he's, he tried to give Sean good advice. And, like, he was, I don't know. Yeah, he'll stay roughly where he is. Um, Sean... I'm happy to see a peak of, like, season one, Sean, but, like, it's not, I don't know. Eh. Like, he he wasn't that mean when he tried to put her down, mm-hmm. or tried to let her down, so they'll say he rises up a step or two. <laughs> His putting her down was, you're as edgy as a butter knife, which is true. <laughs> yeah, <So>. yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. To be told you're not edgy is not the worst thing. Yeah. It could be much worse. Um, Boys have done much worse on this show. Uh, um, Ellie for... <laughs> throwing shade on the rise a little bit for giving Paige that look on the rise a little bit. A- a- Ashley for just going for it is on definitely on the rise. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of people in this episode. Manny, that's a tough one. You know what? Manny's on the rise because she like took this journey and she made a decision that was like her truth. Mm-hmm. She made a really hard decision, yeah. too. Yeah. Like, so. It takes a lot of guts just to even make that decision. And not mm-hmm. have someone make it for you. Yeah. Especially when she was, like, you know, really getting pigeonholed into having that decision made for her. Uh, Manny's mom on the rise for being understanding. Um, Terry, you're going down for being, like, babies! <laughs> Uh, she's she's a lovable airhead sometimes. She really is. Um, Hazel, uh, Hazel's on the rise. Give her a tampon. Yeah. Or she'll kill you. <laughs> um. Oh, actually, Spinner for trying to speak talk some sense into Craig is on the rise. Yeah, yeah he did good. Yeah, um, Give me his tongue piercing. Uh, <laughs> Teamwork. Mr. Radish is on the rise for some, some good, good acting. acting. <laughs> um, and Miss Kwan for being grumpy with teens is on the rise. I'm always here for Miss Kwan being grumpy with teens. Hell yeah. Uh, um. Jay, 
don't know. That was kind of funny. So he's moving up a half inch. Jay's gonna like slowly like rise the ranks just for being funny, <laughs> like just for making you laugh. He's gonna like eclipse people who you probably shouldn't. Um, towers, towers. It's, you know what? Towers for seeing the value of liberty. You're on the rise, like two or three steps. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris. Oh, Chris. <laughs> Chris for throwing shade scene. at Craig and Manny. It was a, a cute scene. Um, he's on the rise. Uh, I can't remember. I think, is that it? Probably. Yeah, I okay. think so. Um, so we can move on to recommendations, where you recommend things that are similar to the themes of the episode or things that we're just enjoying. Um, I got a couple. So this is a book I haven't read yet, but it's been on, it's been on my shelf, and I really should. It's called Aftercare Instructions by Bonnie Pipkin. Um, and it is a, about, about a 17-year-old based out of Jersey, um, and she is going through a, she, you know, she's about to go through, um, an abortion and her boyfriend abandons her at the Planned Parenthood. So it's about kind of the, you know, the adventures that ensue afterwards. Um, I have not read it yet, but it is about a Jersey girl and I cannot resist YA based in Jersey. So I really feel like this is probably a sign that I should read it myself. Um, of the media that I have seen that I quite enjoyed, I think Degrassi Next Class, I think is what Netflix Degrassi is called. I actually think they handled abortion very well in mm-hmm. in that season. And um, I guess it's, I forget which season specifically. Um, so if you want to know if there's anything worthwhile about Degrassi Netflix, I would say like that moment alone is worth checking out. Um, Your mileage may vary in terms of how you like Netflix Degrassi. I know people who hate it, and I know people who loved it, and... It's... It gets real, like, dark soap opera for a lot of the characters. Yeah. And, you know, there's some things to be said about it. There's a lot of really great moments, a a lot of really great characters and episodes, but there's... Lola is my daughter. Oh, I love her. Lola is my daughter. sweet dumb daughter. She's so good. I love her. Um, and and then there's a lot of, but unfortunately, the main major cast drags things down a lot. I have a lot of opinions, but maybe we'll get to them on this podcast. So I will. Yeah. I will save them um, for now. Another episode that I would recommend is the episode from Friday Night Lights called "I Can't." It is their abortion episode. It hits some similar beats to the Degrassi episode. However, I do think that there's other aspects of it that are done very well. It also is always important to kind of see the discussion of abortion and kind of confront some of the stereotypes that people outside of Texas may have about Texas and Texas towns. So it's nice to see it be done in that way. Um, There's also some like pretty well done moments in the episode itself. So I try to, like, restrict how much I recommend Friday Night Lights, but I do think that this episode is a very good one to check out. Um, And it sounds like it's referenced in the article that we're going to have linked in the description as well. So it is definitely worth watching, especially if you want to see how another teen drama talks about this topic. Good. So I... I... Good thing I'm I'm reading a book currently that I can can spin to be related to this. because I forgot about recommendations, as you probably heard. Even though you got the lengthy email about it. I did get that lengthy email, which I'm like, why are you sending me an email? I live with you. <laughs> well, this is why. This is why. 
Um, so I'm reading a book. I'm not, I'm not finished with it yet, but I've been liking it so far. I, I like reading sci-fi books every now and then. Um, I like world building, etc. And this is called The Tiger Flu um, by Larissa Lai. Um, L-A-I spelled last name. And it is a it is a post-apocalyptic, um, dystopian, futuristic, but not too future, um, near future, I guess is maybe the category, where, without spoiling too much of the plot, um, humanity has, has, as, as we are getting ever nearer to, um, decided to plunge off the precipice of cloning people. Specifically, cloning people... Um, it, and, and keeping these clones as organ harvesting units for people that, you know, humans that, that need, a, need a new heart transplant. Instead of waiting for someone to, to literally die to give a heart to you, you can get one from, from this clone. Obviously there's a lot of ethical issues with that, leads to a lot of problems, things, things scale out of control, and some sort of um, disease wipes out a lot of people, and this is the post-apocalyptic world we're set in. And you, you follow one of the characters is 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 part of a, a commune that has escaped um, part of the clone commune that has escaped from human control and living their own life in, in this separate area and you follow this person and then a human um, and you see their stories and it's how I'm spinning it to be related to this is there's a lot of topics of bodily autonomy um, control over your body and and the relationships that, that people have with, especially the, the interesting relationships that people, that the clone people have with their bodies. Um, I've been liking it a lot. I do recommend it if you're interested in, in science fiction. And your alarm goes off. It's time to take my drugs. Nice. Speaking of bodily autonomy, time to be trans. Hell yeah, baby. Um, I have one that I've not watched, but I've heard it's very good. Um, Obvious Child, a uh, movie starring Jenny Slate, about a comedian who uh, has an accidental pregnancy and goes through an abortion. Um, I'm me watch it. I've not, not gotten around to it. Of stuff, this is off topic of the episode, but um, Jenny Lewis and The Faint both released new albums recently, and I am in love with both of them. Uh, the Jenny Lewis album On the Line and the Faint album Ego Work. I highly recommend them. If you want to like dark dance rhythms, check out The Faint. If you want just like one of the best songstresses on the scene right now, check out Jenny Lewis. Sounds good. Yeah. And with that being said, as Gwyn tries to take their drugs, you've made it through. I thank you. Uh, Yay! Are there ways that people can continue the conversation with you? Um, yeah, I'm still on Twitter, underscore froppy, F-R-O-P-P-Y. You can talk to me if you want. My account's uh, bravely unlocked. I haven't used it in a while, but that's probably likely to change. You know, depression. Aha! And, yeah, feel free to talk to me. I don't know. I got things to say. It's true. That's why you're on here. Um... Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Gwen. Yes, thank you. Um, if you want to keep in touch with us, there's a couple ways you can do that. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or you are interested in contributing audio files, text, or you are interested in co-hosting, you can email us at ihopod at gmail.com. Um, 
If you are interested in contacting us in other ways, there's a couple ways you can do so. You can follow us on Twitter at I Hope Pod, or you can join our Facebook group, which is called I Hope I Can Make It Through Podcasts. Uh, if you want to support the show, there are a couple ways you can do that. Um, we have a coffee account, so if you want to donate some money, it goes toward tech upgrades as well as compensating our guests. Also, you can potentially help us give you more content by providing some ratings and reviews. Once we hit 20 ratings and reviews, we're going to go back into the Degrassi archives and check out some Degrassi Junior High, Degrassi High episodes. Especially because we keep talking about Spike's past, it'd be really cool to revisit those episodes and have Frank visit those episodes where we can kind of get a better feel for what Spike was like way back when. Oh, I know it's that hair. Yes, that's true. All Frank knows is that hair. Um, so please don't hesitate to uh, leave ratings, reviews. We really appreciate those of you who have done so already. Um, and we look forward to seeing what else you have to say. If you want to talk to me individually, you can follow me on Twitter at DM is Unbreakable. I don't have a Twitter, but I do have another podcast with my sister called Teen Girl Talk, where we talk about uh, other teen media that's not Degrassi. It is far dumber than... <laughs> This epi- than these episodes are. No, that's not true. Y'all are just having fun. Uh, this this episode we just did the show called Dance Academy. It was nothing, so we then ended up just kind of shooting the shit, and we like had a very deep discussion about Beach Bum and Spring Breakers, and then like, and then just went off the deep end into that. It was weird. It happens. Um, but with that being said, we hope uh we hope we can keep making it through that you're going to be there with us. Till next week, everybody. Later. Bye. Oh, I just don't know where to begin. Though it says I'll wait forever, it's now or never, but you keep some hanging on. The silly chamber on. She says she can't go home without a chaperone.